Heading for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Friday, Albuquerque. The boys are here. We're at the studio wrapping up a big week of post-Super Bowl uh, news, notes, and nuggets. It's been a very good one. We've got a list of guests today. I'm Fred Slow, Robert Gibson behind the glass, Van Nunley making this program go around. We'll start the day off talking a little bit about Tim McCarver, who passed away yesterday. Obviously, he's got a special place in my heart. Joining us on the program at 4.30, Sean Schooley will be with us. He's okay. the head coach of NIMI, that's New Mexico Military Institute. Their men's basketball team played Odessa College yesterday. It was about as fun as a junior college basketball game that I've ever called. Odessa's number four in the country. NIMI took them down to the final possession. Tough L for the home team, but New Mexico represented well on a nationwide broadcast, did that on ESPN. I had a lot of fun with that. New Isotopes manager Pedro Lopez will join us at 5.30. So oh, my God. Baseball season's coming. I'm so excited. Oh, calm down. Oh. Talk to him. <laughs> I can't. A raging heart boner. Talk a little bit about pitchers and catchers reporting he heads for Phoenix tomorrow. And then Matthew McClellan will join us. This one's going to be fun. It's so going to be so fun. He's in town for the bare knuckle fighting stuff. He he does like the red corner stuff. He he tends to fighters. He's a whole dude. Uh, but he's also, and we met him at the Super Bowl. He also has a social media pizza industry spokesman, where he travels in all these cities that he travels to for for combat sports. He reviews pizzas in their hometown. So he's going to join us in the ah. six o'clock hour. And he's gonna. We're gonna have Dion's with he on air. Okay. We're gonna make sure he says the right things. So it's gonna be a good little program today. I tuned into you boys as I was coming back this morning. I guess I played the podcast is what I meant. So I went to the Spotify, mm. played the podcast, and uh, you guys did not make mention of Tim McCarver who who passed during this program yesterday. Um, that was an interesting one to me. It's significant to me. Obviously, former St. Louis Cardinal played before I became a fan, but I got to know him in the broadcast booth, as I think so many of the friends of this show did. Uh, just an absolute uh, just loss to not just the broadcast world, the baseball world, and uh, I, as a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, that fandom as well. He's an absolute legend and uh, more respect due than most people absolutely deserve. But uh, he was the bane of my father's existence. Yeah, a lot of people. So I don't know who got more this guy is an idiot <laughs> from my father, Chris Collinsworth or Tim McCarver. Got a lot of them. <laughs> Why the hate, though? I never understood it. Um, well, he didn't like his style. He didn't like his presentation. He didn't like the way he called games. He didn't like calls in general. He didn't like his face, maybe. I don't know. There's a lot. I got tons of respect for the guy. I always look for, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, as you know, boys. So I always look for the best in people. But uh, my father is what some might describe as a, a hater. And he hated the top of his list, one Tim McCarver, which let me tell you, as we all know, especially on this program, boys, if you don't have haters, you're not doing it right. That's true. One thing that one thing that I do like about 
situations like this is you always have just the memories that you have of that person. Right. Tim McCarver, I didn't know him as a player, but I did know him in the booth. That's where I knew him from. And whenever I saw or heard him, I knew it was a big game. It was a big situation. He, all those years with Joe Buck, obviously, were just tremendous for Fox. Uh, he then went into the St. Louis broadcast booth after the national broadcasts were over. But, I mean, he'd been calling World Series games since the 80s. You know, he'd been yeah. on it for a long time. He's got a super famous one with, um, what's your boy's name with the Diamondbacks? Uh, Luis Gonzalez. Luis, Luis Gonzalez, Gonzalez, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he says, hey, here's exactly what's going to happen off Rivera, and then it happens one pitch later. And that that's a fun, iconic one. There's uh, there's a storytelling in baseball. Baseball to me is so very romantic. Baseball to me is a three hour long story, sure. that, and you're talking to complete strangers, but while you're at the stadium or you're tuned in, um, they're all your best friends. And Tim McCarver could recall names and occurrences and relatively close stats to <laughs> individuals throughout the history of the game, and then it was as if. Um, and again, a guy who I grew up listening to, it was as if that was a, what's the best way to describe this extension of the wholesome interaction you would have with loved ones around the game. And it was, it was on a national, it was on a national spotlight and it it was just incredible and it was smart and there was laughter surrounded in it. He's got a bunch of McCarverisms that were. Uh, stupid. <laughs> There's not another word that's better, but uh, just an absolute loss to the broadcast community. I'd never met Tim. I'd, I did not know that him That was going to be my next no. question. No, in all those years I worked in St. Louis, just never crossed paths, um, but obviously on, on an absolute mantle for me. I love how he was the good guy on Brockmire. Yeah. And Joe Buck mm-hmm. was the bad mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> that's like so legendary he gets to be the good guy on a fictional show about broadcasters fantastic his style was was kind of fun too and you see a lot of guys come along uh you know hashtag nowadays and it's uh who, who are the big polarizing like former players now like tony romo you know yeah. and it's yeah. and it's you know people grew real short on his stick you know uh-huh. in the very mm-hmm. beginning people were like oh okay there's something here there's a thing or whatever the longevity of former players they're going to be broadcasters. Um, I guess I, Bob Euchre. I mean, who's the other, also St. Louis Cardinal? Bob Euchre. Mm-hmm. Like, who is who are the, the list is short. The list is super short of guys who who turned that playing career into a broadcast career. That and I guess he wasn't relatively praised. I'm talking from my viewpoint. He was like you said about your dad, Van. He was just absolutely lambasted regularly. Well, I mean, outside of my father, I don't hear a lot of yeah. bad things being said about Tim McCarver. Like to me, we rank quarterbacks all the time. Sure. Like we got our elite tier, then we got our step down tier. I think Tim McCarver is absolute best of the step down tier. For me, he's He's no Vin Scully. He's no oh, Bob. Yeah. Uker, oh, well, it's right. different but job. Different that, job. Yeah, that's a different. Like yeah. the next, the next step down. Yeah, he's the best in that. Well, but I, I and I also think we're talking about two different rating systems, right? Because Vin Scully and and Joe Buck and and you know Euchre and obviously if you go into San Francisco, you have a different. If you go into New York, you have a different. Yeah. And but color commentary, the number two seat. I mean, I don't even know Ron Darling. Like I need, like give me, give me that perspective, give me that energy, give me that love for the game. Um, and obviously, when he would do Cardinals 
broadcast. It was incredibly biased and perfect and special in every single way. But yeah, we spent time with the Phillies, jumped around a lot. There's, um, I don't know, it just doesn't feel super real. It, and when I was a youth, Joe Puck passed away. Joe Buck passed away in the early 2000s. I think it was 2003. And that one, like, hit different, too. This one's hitting a little different for your boy because, again, childhood connection. Yeah, I mean, and to me, when his playing career was over and he picked up a microphone, it seems like he went from 35 years old to 60 in a day, and then he stayed 60 for 20 years and had a career. I never saw him age in between 60 and 80, and then now, poof, he retires a couple years ago, and then, poof, he's gone. That's exactly what I was talking about because I I actually like it that way because it keeps – that image and that memory in your head, I, I like that. I don't want to. I don't want to see the decline. Twenty-four World Series. Wow. That's crazy. I know where my childhood and like the culture that I grew up in. Why the disdain for McCarver and where it came from, and it's strictly solely on the Deion Sanders situation. Um, I'm curious though. I don't know if anybody's talked to to Dion about the death of Tim McCarver. I don't even know. Did they ever patch that up? Was that ever resolved or was it always not some publicly, bad? Not publicly. Not publicly. I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard Deion Sanders recant his actions. Well, not, I guess recant Sanders. Apologize. I've never heard that in a public anything. I, I don't think either one of them did, did they? So that's a real interesting one because if you're going to talk about black and white and right and wrong and in the contrast to that i think everyone in that's a shade of gray mm-hmm. I, you know tim mccarver probably shouldn't run his stupid mouth Deion sanders probably shouldn't pour water in his head right right you know because i remember i were, and not saying this is the own this is the legacy of tim mccarver but that was big for me in my childhood i viewed it as oh this old school dude he don't know what he's talking about and and just kind of glossing over all the accolades and things that he had to be even be in the booth. Didn't know that until a little later in life for me. Hmm. You guys mentioned how he retired a couple years ago. He actually didn't. He retired from the national scene, but he was doing Fox Sports Midwest or Bally Sports in St. Louis immediately following that. He was doing big home series, uh, Chicago Cubs when they would come to town. Uh, divisional stuff, the Brewers, the the Reds, or whatever. It was, it was a different thing, and to work with Joe Buck, and then to work with his, Jack Buck, his father, yeah. and the and the legacy of all those years. You were just talking about Dion, Rob, right? I don't think I hate Dion at all because I think both of them were super weird about this thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think I would be sour if there was a story now from Dion about how there was a reconcile. Yeah. I think I would be sour on that. I would, too, because that's something that should have been made public while he was alive to be able to bask in it and then also get people to see him in a different light who didn't because of that incident. And you know there's going to be some of that after he passes. Someone is going to have to st- try to steal the spotlight with a good story or hopefully not a bad story about his life and who he was as a person. But one thing I love that got to happen before he passed is he got his flowers. 
Like he was inducted into the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster before he passed. Frick Award winner as well. So yeah, there's there's something to me so unique because of the resume before, the longevity of doing the job. Twenty four twenty four World Series? Boys. Like spare some from someone else. <laughs> Like, that good? And as a baseball player, 1,500 hits? That's no joke. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. Especially as a catcher. He caught Bob Gibson. Oh, that right there is good enough. I mean, and also, like, this is going to sound relatively regionally racist, so I'm not really trying to be that guy. Oh, boy, came up in Memphis. Hmm. Like, hmm. like, there's a storytelling aspect of Memphis. There's, I don't know what you guys know about Tennessee. I don't know what you know about the South adjacent. There's a style of storytelling from Memphis that he was able to non-regionalize and yeah. then connect with so many listeners. That's yeah. a special skill. Yeah, because you can go into any other sport or entertainment that comes from Memphis, and it's super Memphis. It's super Memphis. Sure. Yep. As with most things regionally. You lean into it. You lean all the way into it. I think Memphis is one of the main regional places. Oh, I agree. Yeah, they're, they're to me, they're top one, two, three. And he had that mind to where it was, you know, this dude talking right now knows more about the game than anyone who has ever talked to you about the game. He doesn't know that guy's name. Uh-huh. He does. He <laughs> takes yogiisms and he turns them into McCarverisms and he repackages them. In a way to where you leave entertained. And if and if the world of baseball and if the world of broadcast sports is not solely but entertainment, he's number one in that number two seat. There's no doubt in my mind. Number one in the number one seat we can have conversations about forever. No, nah, there's not a conversation. Me and Robert knows who it is. It's Jack Buck. Oh, God. <laughs> Your St. Louis is showing. Skulls. <laughs> also, like, hypercentric to me. Yachty retires. Pool host retires. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's the end of a, a big era for you. Changing of the guard. This one might not even make a ton of sense. Dan McLaughlin has been the TV voice of the Cardinals forever. Fired multiple DUIs. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in Carrie, Carrie Jr. This is going to be pretty good, actually. It's a hell of a I band-aid. mean, it's a good get. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not a band aid even. That's a forever. Yeah. Like, where's all my nostalgia, at, boys? Like, it's I'm in a tough one right now. Yeah. You have to start creating new memories, Fred. I don't know how to. Oh, I hate it. Why don't we get back? Greatest show on turf, and why the St. Louis Rams are held up? No, that's not. No, no, <laughs> no God, no. Stop it. You stop it. We'd like to retain listeners on this program. Well, I mean. Can it be done? <laughs> I mean, we're proof. Free agent Derek Carr visit, uh, set up an official visit, which, by the way, I didn't know you have to do that with the NFL. I thought you could just kind of show up wherever you wanted. We'll tell you who he's meeting with first whenever we get back. I'm going to tell you this. I got zero surprise face. Also, I'll have even less surprise face if he doesn't meet with anyone else. This just seems like the way it's going to work out for Derek Carr. He's about to make the worst decision possible. Hmm. A little bit of NFL talk. 
Don't forget Sean Schooley joining us at 430. He's the head coach of New Mexico Military Institute men's basketball team. Talked to he about the big basketball game last night. Pedro Lopez, the new skipper for the Albuquerque Ice Hopes at 530. We're going to have a good program, boys. It's two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Tim McCarver says, don't forget, one finger is a fastball, two fingers is a curve. You got, you got it. That's the analysis we're looking for, Tim. <laughs> it's not universally true, Fred. Well, the way Tim explained it. Well. <laughs> for me, two is a slider, three is a curveball, four is a changeup. The change is for each pitcher, especially with the men on base. How many? Maybe my dad is on to something. Tim McCarver is an idiot. Just only according to everyone who didn't celebrate the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> you know, a lot of people aren't about Joe Buck either, and I don't get that. The World Series felt different last year. The Super Bowl felt different this year. Hey, the Super Bowl was fantastic. The broadcast? Yeah. I thought it was good. They did good. I was impressed. Derek Carr is headed to New Jersey, boys. He's visiting the Jets. Ah, oh, that's so Jet-like. Now, low-key, he met with the Saints before he got released and said, I wouldn't get traded, blah, blah, blah. So if you want to count that one as number one, that can be the one in your list of one to two. But I'm going to say this is the one because if he wanted to be a New Orleans, he would have he would have done that. But he No, didn't. I disagree. Go ahead. That was a middle finger to the Raiders. I don't care if it was his favorite destination and he got everything he wanted. He is not going to do the Raiders any favors whatsoever. Well, okay. He can still sign with the Saints. I'll follow that. That is hilarious. I'll follow that. Just to screw over the team that screwed him over his whole career. This dude has been in the league for nine years. He's had seven coaches, seven offensive coordinators, mm-hmm. in a defunct franchise that is – Although I love them, we all know, friend of the show, the Raiders are my number two team. I want them to be good oh so bad. But they sabotage this dude's career. So why the hell, on his way out the door, is he going to help the franchise that screwed him over so hard? I hope he signs with the Saints. That would be hilarious. Does he have to sign with a new team before Derek Carr returns from his hibernation and disrupts the entire quarterback world? Is that Uh, Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers? What did I say? Derek Carr. Oh, my bad. You know what? Yeah, that's the mascara man. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is just like, I'm on day three, (laughs) and all I can see is Derek Carr's eyelashes. (laughs) Because of the darkness, Fred the darkness because of the darkness what are the jets doing what are they doing you if you if you're looking for a quarterback don't start at the bottom there's literally other quarterbacks available that are maybe looking for homes or are in situations that are not ideal lamar jackson even dark man himself <laughs> that's a good nickname <laughs> Why, why not go to the top first? This is such the Jets. Why do they play it so safe? Why, do, why don't they ever swing for the fences? Now, Obviously, the goal for every team, the goal for every franchise is to win a Super Bowl. But just for the Jets, they want to be at least relevant. They want to have a winning record every year. They want to go to the playoffs. They want to be considered a real team. If they had Derek Carr, 
all last season. They're in the playoffs. They win three or four more games. That embarrassment of the MILF hunter and Mike White and Joe Flacco, if they have Derek Carr all season, they win double-digit games and they go to the playoffs, probably lose in the first round, but they go to the playoffs. <laughs> It's all about positioning, though, right? You like, got a late bloomer on the MILF hunter? Is that what you're doing back there, like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Nathaniel Hackett takes a selfie with Derek Carr and then sends it to Aaron Rodgers. That's what happens, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is all posturing. It has to be. They're going for Aaron Rodgers first, and if they don't, they would love to have Derek Carr. No, you're, you're, they, they're going. I think, the, I think that's all messed up. What they should be doing is going after Lamar Jackson, then Rodgers, and then if those two don't get it, hey, Derek, we still here? Derek Carr is not a hot commodity. I don't understand it. Why not go after the best? The only reason why I'm saying Lamar Jackson over Rodgers is the age. They can have him longer. Sure. That's a good point. When he's better. Than Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. He actually – Lamar Jackson is better than the four-time MVP – the yeah. statistical actually, best football player in the history of the nah, world? No, it's, it's not about that, though. With this Jets team, Lamar Jackson fits way better. At just the way that they play football. Jackson's got how many MVPs? One. One. Yeah. I guess he could have more if more talent was around him. I mean, that's hyperbole. Lamar Jackson is batting a 1,000 on MVPs. In seasons, he's played every game. That's a good point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep him Seriously. on the field. He's never played a whole season except for the one season that he won MVP. Well, and traditionally, after you go and get that paycheck, you don't. So, like, after you go and get that paycheck, you don't play full seasons. You already got your paycheck. Mm. Like, you just stop. That, that you don't def- power through oh, it. Oh, man, that defense is so stout. The Jets and are Jets. good. Yeah, and they got good, they got good receivers. I think they got something in Robert Sala, too. I think he's like a real coach. I think he's a real leader. They, you can tell they all like playing for him except for Zach Wilson. Robert Sala's too young for him. It is cold in New Jersey. <laughs> yes. Derek Hart, don't play in the cold. They, oh, that's another, good, that's another Hart, good point. He played in Fresno. Then he played in Vegas. I get there's a couple away games. There's not, though. You have him out. Kansas City gets cold. Denver gets cold. He's playing in there every year. Tons of away games every year. He's fine. He's a football player. I don't know. I think it's a good get. If he'll, if he'll take, like, a reasonable salary, $25, 30000000 and they could dump that other $20 million, they'd be paying Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson into the team, Derek Carr could be the best fit. Because they get to use those funds elsewhere, and all they need him to do is be slightly better than Kirk Cousins, which I think he is. So the question at the end of the segment is, does Derek Carr put your team, the New Jersey, the New Jersey Jets, in contention to win the AFC East, period? Yes. No, I say immediately. No. Yes. You no. You don't. No. The Jets, the Jets with Derek Carr. Without additions, without nailing the draft, they're in position to just add Derek Carr, win double-digit games, and go to the playoffs. They almost did it with the MILF Hunter, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. That is an accomplishment within itself. To me, 
he's not an addition. He's actually a subtraction because but, it's not Aaron Rodgers. And it's not Lamar Jackson. Because if but you it's think still you are that better club, than the three they had last year, that's not what's an well, obvious addition. Hey, sure, and you can you can argue that so you're blue in the face, but that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is missing out on those two. Correct. Because if right. you think you're as close as you and Robert are claiming this team is, I think just you, me. You don't you don't <laughs> grab the B level dude. You grab the A level dude. Yes, that's what I'm saying. If you think you're that close. Yes. Well, okay, obviously I'm saying go after Lamar Jackson, go after Aaron Rodgers. Of course you want to go after the better guy. Duh. But I'm saying with Derek Carr, they are a playoff team immediately. I don't think so because Carr does not make great decisions. No, like Patriots fans want him to sign with the Jets. <laughs> yes. Like that's that's the fan base. Like the guys in Bristol that are putting this on the TV, they're like, "Yeah, let's really put this one over." Mm-hmm. The Dolphins won nine games with that trio of garbage quarterbacks. But the quarterbacks that you're talking about didn't they, have Devontae Adams to make them look good, as well as they didn't throw as many interceptions. Carr messes that team up by turning the ball over. Look, the Dolphins had they gave up two more points than they scored last year. With Derek Carr, that's at least three to seven more points a game. That's three or four more wins, and the point differential jumps up 100 points. 80 points. That makes them a playoff team immediately. I don't know if I see Derek Carr in eight freezing cold home games. Yeah. It's probably only five Man. freezing cold home games. The first three are fine. Those other five, five home games in the cold is more than he probably played over the course of several years. And I don't know how, I don't know what part of the year he's at Kansas City or what part of the year he's at Denver. If they're out there early, I don't it really changes know. changes every year. changes every year. But to me, I don't even know if I trust him to hold, like, utensils on an outdoor patio. Listen to this. Fred, you're on to something. The sidelines, by the way, the sidelines heated are like sixty-five degrees. Yeah, but, in a but, snow game. But here's the problem. Fred's right. I looked it up. Derek Carr, when he's the team starting quarterback and he's playing in the game, the sucks. temperatures, dude, thirty-six sucks. degrees and lower. He's zero and seven. Dude sucks. Never scored more than one touchdown in any of those games. Yeah, don't plug him in. I can t- like I can look at people and then I feel like <laughs> I'm an expert at this one thing: knowing who's soft. That dude is soft. I think if he wasn't on the Raiders, we see who Derek Carr really is. And he's B-level, better than Kirk Cousins, not going to lose a lot of games for you because he's not forced to do that anymore now that he's not on the sorry-ass Raiders. We'll come back to football talk. But joining us after the break, head coach Sean Schooley, who's been coaching at NIMI for like 35 years, boys. He's The head coach now has been for like 25 years. He was an assistant at both – because, you know, they do the high school – and the college there at the university. You guys kind of right. know how that works. Yeah. Also, they put seven and a half mil into the Cahoon Armory. That thing is the nicest thing I've ever been in. I'm sorry, the what? Uh, Cahoon. Cahoon Armory? Yeah. So it that was. what they call their court? So, yeah, because it was. sweet. It is sweet. It was named after, like, the first banker in New Mexico. I couldn't give you the whole history on it. Okay. But, <laughs> Hopefully he can. He's been there 35 years. Right. <laughs> But, yeah, Midwest guy, grew up in Las Vegas, New Mexico, obviously Roswell, uh, played ball, just just a dude. 
and they took down. Wait, hold on. We got connections with beautiful and historic Las Vegas, New Mexico as well? Yes. Well, just coming full circle here. That's what I'm telling you. My goodness. And they took a top five seeded team in the country down to the final possession last night. And me and Tyler Ortega called that bad boy in ESPN. As good of a game as I'd ever seen. As good of a game. And he'll be joining us after the break. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program on the Sports Animal Hotline, new friend of the show, Sean Schooley, Broncos head coach at NIMI, that's New Mexico Military Institute, who took the number four Odessa College down to the wire last night. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you having me. I mean, had that full display, had that, uh, had that nationwide ESPN broadcast last night. You, you packed out the house. Also, the house is looking beautiful since the remodel. Talk to us a little bit about NIMI, Coach. Talk to us about the big night last night and the display the New Mexico Military Institute was able to put on for this country. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I we, we, you know, we, we, we gave it about everything we could. You know, this is a, a, a tough year for us. I got a whole new crew, and I was giving Odessa's coach a hard time. I said we couldn't do this last year when, when we were right there with you, and you know, took you to overtime. And I, I had a much more experienced group, and so what I was really hoping for were these young guys that they would really just, you know. I thought we had a chance the last four or five minutes, but I just wanted to have a great experience of, you know, what the real college atmosphere is like. And because you don't normally get that with the, in, in regular junior colleges. You don't, you don't pack the houses in, in, in the junior college, you know, circuit very often. There were a thousand anymore. people so there. It was thousand people. Yeah. And it was, it was great. It was good for them. And I think it elevated their game and they, you know, they, 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 they poured their hearts out, and Odessa's just, they're better. And we we uh, we just wanted to put on a good show and, and really put out the effort, and I think we think we achieved that. And so hopefully we, you know, it was good for everybody, from ESPN to the players to the, the programs and everybody. So hopefully it, it put junior college in a good light. Coach, were you able to go back and listen to the tape when you were watching tape? Did you have the audio on? Oh, good Let's question. be honest here. <laughs> question. How did how did Fred Slow do permission to speak freely? Yeah, I'm not even here, Coach. <laughs> oh well, I I wish I I, I I since I go to an honor I work at an honor school and and uh, you know I went there as well. I can't tell a lie. I really haven't listened to the audio, oh, okay. but I will. Okay. I'll get I'll get I'll get back to you on that. I promise I will. I'll I'll give the evaluation. But I'm sure he did a great job. Man. Oh, that's I'm super sure. kind. So, uh, what I was afraid of right there is that you guys heard me say something to the refs. I don't want to hear that. So. Rob, you're a former Marine. Obviously, you you do the program here. You would have had a little moment with the corpse that were out. Oh like, yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it was. It always yeah. gives me chills. Oh, it was the, the national anthem. Yes. At Nimi yesterday was a special to the national anthem that I had ever experienced. Coach, is it that same energy every single game? Well, when we when we have the core there, uh, unfortunately, because we have uh, study mandatory study halls and stuff at night, I don't get the core every game. I wish I did. Football does, and, you know, oh, yeah, uh, that's a volleyball shot, gets it a little bit more than we do, but – it is that electric when they are there. And, and you know, we, we really kind of take pride in the national anthem, which everybody should, and, and I'm a big advocate. I don't even let my guys do what I call the NBA sway, 
during the national anthem, right. you know, where they're swaying back and forth. Mm. And that drives me bananas. Or you look in the stands and you see people not paying attention. And we, we really kind of take pride in that in, in, in understanding what the, you know, what the national anthem is all about. It's, it's, it's what we need. We need more of it, you know, out there right now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, then when the core gets going, it's, uh, it's definitely a six man and to our advantage. Um, sometimes our guys just get too hyped with it and they start just <laughs> punting it out of bounds, man. They're just getting too excited, but, uh, they held themselves together pretty well. Cause we'd only had about two, two games like that all year. So, uh, it, it was pretty good for a young group to do that. Speaking of a young group, uh, coach, how do you keep that young core balanced or just grounded when you come into a game that's nationally televised? That's a great question because I haven't done a whole lot of nationally televised games. I really just tried to get them to stay focused in, into the moment of it and just really enjoy it, you know, take it for what it's worth and, 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 and thrive on the, on the energy. And, and hopefully that would elevate their games and it did, but you know, you just never know um, how kids are going to, going to react, but they did it pretty well. I just really tried to keep them grounded that it was just, it's, it's a, it's a fun game and they should enjoy playing in the experience and having that crowd should be even more of a, of a good experience for them. So fortunately it made me look good. Like I knew what the hell I was talking about, but uh, anyway, <laughs> Join, joining so they, they did well. Joining us here on the sports animal, Sean Schooley. He's the head coach of the men's basketball team at New Mexico military Institute. Coach, can you speak a little bit on the culture down there at NIMI, how unique and special it is? Sure. Um, for, you know, just to let you guys know, it's the only place I've ever coached because um, it's got a four-year high school and it's got a two-year junior college. And I started out as, as the high school assistant and became the head high school assistant college coach, head college assistant athletic director. So it's it, the, the culture is so unique because it's a – you know, it's not everybody's choice to wake up and go to a military school, you know, you know, as a young teen and stuff. But to watch what it can do for young people and if they buy into that system a little bit. Military is not complicated. And, you know, if anybody's been in the military, like, mm -hmm. like you said, it's not complicated. It's, it's the reason it's in existence is because of the simplicity of the discipline and to watch young people grow into it and stuff. And so it's a... It's a unique place, man. We've had a lot of famous people go through here. Um, Roger Staubach, you know, pretty good, right. here. pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't bad, right? <laughs> uh, uh, former former NBA star Lewis Lloyd went here. Um, we had Reggie Franklin, who was a Harlem Globetrotter. Um, then you get into some business people. Um, you've got like the gentleman who Conrad uh, Hilton started the Hilton Hotels. Oh, you know, wow. He was from. You know, he went to school here. Yeah, Norman Brinkman started Chili's. He started here. The uh, the cats who started uh, cable TV. You know, um, what is that? The uh, I can't remember their names. The, those guys, uh, you know, started it. Um, they went to school here. So we've had a lot and a lot of a lot of famous business people, and so it it has it carries a lot of weight. So it's it's almost any place I've ever gone in the country. If I've got my NMMI gear on, somebody will say, hey, I went, you know, I went to school there. My dad went to school there or, you know, one of my good friends went there. I wish I'd have gone there. Um, it, it carries a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of, a little more weight than your average junior college and, and high school. So it's uh, it's pretty, pretty neat place. And you're not, you're not real happy you're going to school there at the moment, but you really appreciate it when you're done. And that, that happened to me personally. Um, I was 
I did not. I didn't want to go there in the beginning, boy. I was I was not happy, but I, not because I ended up coaching there, but because of what it does for you as a young person, and just kind of kind of just kicks you in the tail to get your get your act together. And if you buy into it, it can really it can really help you in a lot of ways. I had two friends growing up that went to Nimi. One, she went on purpose altered her life story Ooh. and she's very thankful for it another one was forced by a court of law wasn't crazy about it <laughs> sure and, and and you know that's the, the funny thing uh, oh here's another one owen wilson the actor oh he went nice to oh, my he, he was forced he was forced to go and he hated it and he hated it to this day that man will <laughs> will not he doesn't have anything to do with it he was forced and and that the oh, perception wow. of that for a long time oh, was oh, wow. that you got sent there because it was either there or going to you know Springer or whatever you want to call it or right. you know some boys ranch or something it's really not not geared that way i mean some parents will put them in there to see you know because they don't know what else to do with them and hopefully the discipline structure can turn them around when and that that does happen but it, it, they're not placed here by courts or anything like that. That does that's kind of a kind of a myth. And maybe it happened way back when. Coach, I'm 40. That was a different world coach, back then. <laughs> hey, coach, oh, yeah. coach says, uh, well, it's not a, it's not a myth. It's not a wives' tale. It's, uh, it's, uh, but, let's move on. Did it happen? Hey, I'm, I'm 60. I can't I can't speak for anything. In the in the sixties and fifties when it went on, so uh, so I I, uh, I was there in the eighties when, when I started playing there. Before so. we cut you loose, coach, one last one for yep. me because you and I were having this conversation last night, and I thought it was very good. So let's put it on these airways for the friends of our show, Sean Schooley joining us, the head coach of New Mexico Military Institute men's basketball team. You and I were talking about high school talent here in the state. We were talking about mm-hmm. uh, players coming up. We were talking about some academy programs that have come out and and how players are are being cultivated now in a way that they weren't historically coach how do you feel about the landscape of high school hoops right now in the state of new mexico well i I think that that there's a lot of great coaches in 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 the state of new mexico um at the high school high school ranks both in the north and the south side of it um i think some of the, the 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 main prep school that brandon mason and and those guys jay hill are doing over at abc are bringing just a different look to it and 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 really are focusing in on developing these young players men and women boys and girls and and in getting them into a better culture getting not just basketball you know they're being held they're holding them to another standard as well kind of like the institute does and um i can speak from it personally my son plays there uh on on the aau uh, under 17s um but what those guys are doing is giving these kids just such a solid foundation to to help them get have get more opportunities into the college ranks which where most of them that come to play for brandon and jay and those guys is what they're striving to do the problem we have in the state of new mexico is is one we're not very populated two you know it's not the land of the giants either you know where you got you know like like you know it's just not and let's let's you know it's just the way it is um and so it's they got to work that much harder, and these guys have really challenged these young men and women um, to just go the distance to give themselves more opportunities and really establish a tremendous work ethic and a passion into the game because those guys are passionate about these guys, these people, these young people being successful. And, and so it, it, it's probably ruffled some feathers. Um, but but when, you, when you've got a clear mind and a clear conscience, it's a beautiful thing. 
Sean? You know what I mean? Um, and that's 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 my thing about that message about this is they're doing it for all the right reasons, and they are not just for the record. And I'll get out there and say it because I have no skin in the game in this, but they're not doing it. They're not going out and just trying to recruit these players. These players are coming to them. And they're not doing it, Brandon, these guys are not doing it to get rich. I promise you they're not. And these other people up there that are having a problem with it, it's because there's another idea out there. There's a different option. It's, I'm not saying it's better or whatever. It's just, it's just another option for young people to develop. Now, also, a lot of these kids that are working out with these guys are playing for the high school team still. And that, that and those those coaches should benefit from that and should be should be happy because it's helping their programs be successful too. Because those guys, I've been to those practices. I don't know if any of you guys have been to them. Those workouts and stuff, they are no joke. They are for real and they are about the success of young people in the state of New Mexico. And I really think Brandon and those guys are going to continue. They're going to get some more support um, and and really make it grow. What we really need in the state of New Mexico is a great venue of courts like there are in Dallas and Houston and place like that when we go play in those tournaments we don't have a venue like that we don't we don't have that and, and a place where these kids can really develop because if you've been over to ABC it's a great gym but it's the size of a tuna can mm, right you know it's and it and but they they don't care those kids get in there and work and I, I I really think it's going to end up being so positive like it is and continue to grow and I just I, I just people think should just kind of put their egos aside and really look at it what it's about because if you're not in the in the coaching business in the high school profession and in the college but especially high school if you're not in it for the promotion and and the growing and cultivating these kids to be better you know help them become better people or give them more options or establish those work as you're doing it for the wrong reasons you want these people to be successful when they're 26 27 28 you wanted them to be productive citizens and if this establishes that just like the institute then we've done our job ultimately nobody cares if anybody wins a junior college national championship guys i promise you (laughs) okay and it's the same with those things with those prep games and and the grind sessions and all those it's all about giving these kids an opportunity to establish tremendous work ethic to go on and become great citizens as young adults and and grown-ups no, Me- sorry, man. I got up. I got off on my on my tangent there, guys. Sorry. Hey, whole reason you became whole reason you're the newest friend of the show, head coach of New Mexico Military Institute, Sean Schooley. Thank you so very much, brother. Yes. Thank you, guys. All right. Great, great seeing you guys, and hope we'll see you again down somewhere. Okay. Heck of a sit down. That was very good. Uh, I, I like a, that a lot. That's a dude right there. I like that a lot. I'll go over a little bit of that broadcast yesterday, which caused me to miss the program. You guys killed it yesterday. Very good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Also, I'm glad we talked about high school hoops a little bit because New Mexico State's looking for like 15 new players. <laughs> Just move Nemi right over there. <laughs> Just you plug got, them right in. Huh? Yeah. You got a quality team. You got a quality coach. They got at least two years of eligibility. Yeah, plug Not them in. That far away. Get the sponsors when we get back. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Big thank you to John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy for sponsoring this very studio that we are sitting in, the 6-6 Diner, for being friends of this program. Don't forget about the YMCA of Central New Mexico. And, Van, you're getting strong with the ball strong? That is correct, my friend.
So I went out last night to Roswell for the that big basketball game, right? And right. This was like this is the future junior college one. Cool. So ESPN calls me and they're like, "Hey, we're in the area. We know you got some pipes. Let's go." I'm like, "Cool, let's go." And they were like, "Actually, anyone you could do this thing with?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh." <laughs> so I called Tyler Ortega, right? So Tyler Ortega, who obviously is the voice of the United, but we all know because we're industry and industry adjacent that he worked at ProView forever. He's done the high school state basketball tournament. He's done, dude. Yeah, did women's basketball at UNM for a long time. He's a, he a dude. He's a dude. So I'm like, Tyler, are you ready? Also, you know Tyler Ortega, the voice of the United, and a lot of the friends of this show have for some reason been brainwashed into not liking the United. I don't get that. What? Yeah, figure that out. But you guys know. He's as straight-laced as any broadcaster gets. He is white shirt, paisley tie. Like, he's going to call it the way he sees it. He is that energy. Well, your boy's not. <laughs> so, whenever we sit down. <laughs> it's a good yin and yang. It was very good. He's like, he's like uh, <clears throat> he starts off the broadcast. Welcome to the ESPN Plus uh, NJCC Game of the Week. I, of course, am Tyler Ortega alongside me, Fred Slow. Fred, exciting matchup tonight between two teams. I'm like, yeah, one at the top of the conference, one at the bottom. <laughs> Let's see if these two juxtapositioned rivals can light this place on fire. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, um, player spotlight. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're killing me. Less, uh, less Mountain Dew, Fred. That's... Not so far from the truth on this, but it was Hego broadcast had a lot of fun with it. The feedback was super good. It was good to get outside like the comfort zone and the regular thing, right? Because what do I know about junior college basketball? I can call it junior college basketball game since I was in junior college. There's like a fan base and a passion for this game of basketball. Ooh, Odessa brought those boys too. It was a squad. It was a whole thing. Hoopers, and I'm telling you, like to see that many young adults. Like, and obviously, I don't know what roles they're all going to go on to live in their life. They got a million options, but they're getting, you know, a fairly good head start on some stuff. All right. Just loving it. Just enjoying the crap out of it. Go to break. Let's do it. When we get back, a little bit of NFL talk. We're only 30 short minutes away from Pedro Lopez joining us. We're talking with the new Isotopes manager before he heads off to spring training tomorrow. We're excited to have he, I believe this is his first radio spot. I might be wrong on that. He may have jumped on with the opening drive already. Okay. I would have that. We could just say it's his first. You just assume. I mean, we do that all the time. Well, he on was the program. he was doing winter ball forever. I think he literally just flew in today, caught this luncheon that I went to, which was a banger. Forget NFL talk. I'm gonna talk about this luncheon a little bit whenever we get back. It's two minutes on and NFL talk. Ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. <laughs> the sports animal. Back on the program. Just checking the clock here, boys. 26 minutes until Pedro Lopez joins us. We're excited to have he. Now, we talked about. This is so stupid. So, we talked about having like a pizza expert on. Okay. Okay. So, we had. This is a legit funny story. This is legit. So, Matthew McClellan. He he works with the bare knuckle fighting stuff. Travels the country, does ultimate fighting or excuse me, combat sports stuff. But he does like a pizza review Instagram thing. It's pretty. It's fairly popular. I mean, it's got a lot pioneer of, of the pizza diet. Nice as well. So he's going to come to town, join us, talk about bare knuckle fighting, 
also we were gonna have him critique Dion's. We were like, oh, yeah, you coming to town? Boy, you better be careful. So he hits us with that group text, <laughs> and he says, "Stuck in Phoenix. Oh, no pilot, no pilot." So oh. updates to come on if he will join us. But joining us now on the Sports Animal Hotline, friend of the show, Wayne. Wayne, how are you, brother? Hello, Robert, friend, Van. Thanks, thanks for taking my call, and I'm I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Good to hear. Yes. Do we have a second, like a hot second, to talk about Tiger Wood and what happened today? I know we're, you're leaning into football in a moment. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Van just brought it to my attention off air. We can always talk Tiger Woods on this program, Wayne. Bring it. Okay. Well, you know, I've always been kind of glad he kept his leg. And if it were my leg, sure. if I were in a similar accident, they would have chopped my leg off at hello because I do not have a Cadillac Health policy. But, they would have Lieutenant Dan you so fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. That would have been the last sound. But, you know, Want some ice I would cream? go on to say that like a lot of people, you know, I've, I've always been glad he's playing again. Uh, I think that the backstory is great, and I've, you know, been a fan of his both before and after the accident. But here's my big butt today. Um, what he did today with JT was just gross, and I don't think I can root for him in any way anymore after what he did. And, uh, you know, I think the apology he issued after was even grosser, you know, with the if I may have offended someone language. And so... I think I just would like to say that um, I kind of wish some, like after today, that he only had one leg maybe because then he wouldn't oh. play today because he doesn't deserve to play anymore if he's going to be that weird. Wayne, you're not far off from me, and we're going to take this one over because Van gave me this one offline, and, mm-hmm. and I had Wayne Energy on it as well. Appreciate you and the call, friend. Oh, I cut him. That's me. My bad, Wayne. I thought he was gone. 100% my bad. So, Van, you brought this story up during the break, and you were like, hey, did you see this prank? It was Tiger Woods. He handed a cat named Justin Thomas a um, uh, like a like a tampon, like a, a feminine hygiene. Correct. Right. And then um, and I was like, I don't get it. And you were like, well, he outdrove him. So he was he was insinuating that he needed that. Uh, due to what that thing is needed for. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, I don't, I don't get it. I was like, why would he do that to, to Hall of Fame left tackle Joe Thomas? And you were like, no, Justin Thomas. His little brother, <laughs> obviously. Because I, I didn't understand. His little brother. Because <laughs> I obviously don't know who Justin Thomas is. And that is why I think it became even worse for me. Because I thought you were telling me a very funny story about like a pro-am thing. And I was like, well, this, that's not that funny. He's a football player. It wasn't that. It was actually just some no-name guy on the tournament. And if he's not a no-name guy, if Justin Thomas is established, my apologies to he, his family, and his fan base. But I don't think I have a surprise face when Tiger Woods outdrives a dude that I've never heard of. Well, he's a big deal on the tour. He's a very successful golfer, has been for a while, and he's a dear friend of Tiger Woods. And um, post Me Too movement, you know, you know we're a pro-female show. Also pro-comedy. pro-LGBTQ plus show. You know we got our back. But we are also entertainers, mm-hmm. and we also like to laugh. Right. And this was hilarious. Tiger Woods has been out of the game for a long time. 
He's not the player he once was. He's struggling to make cuts. He probably won't even make the cut today. But at least he had this moment with his friends. I know they both had a laugh about it. Yes. But the, uh, you know, I hate to be this guy. This usually happens on the other side of the glass at KKOB. But this is woke garbage. Like, let a couple friends have a good time. This wasn't a blanket insult to the females of the universe because he slid his buddy a Tampax and they had a laugh about it. Grow up. I'm with this you on that. This is a non-issue. I'm with Grow you on up. that. If, if this wasn't Tiger Woods, this wouldn't even be a story. Um, as long as Thomas understood that it was a joke, which he did, and he yes. laughed, that was it. End of discussion. It shouldn't even have blown up to what it's trying to be blown up I to. I need a little more perspective, though. Who is Justin Thomas? Like in the scheme of golf, where does he rank? He's a big deal. He's top 20. Top 20. Okay. All time. Because I think it's not a story with a peer. I think if it's like Phil Mickelson, I think if it's someone where you don't have to explain to me who the, the, the butt of the joke is, I think I get it a little bit better. Because, again, I missed the punchline altogether because I was deciphering this thing. Also, I went back and watched the video, why Wayne called. It's not that funny. I don't think it was supposed to be funny for anybody else but those two. But those two. Oh, there you go. One. It's got to be an inside yeah, joke. He that's didn't what op- it was. He didn't openly do it. Right. Like, he didn't have, like, a freaking, uh, what do you call it? a bottle rocket shooter shoot tampons at him in front of everybody. I mean, this wasn't what a waste management open thing and, like, the 16th hole threw a bunch of tampons on him. This is one friend sliding him a tampon and giggling about it. Well, what you just said, though, that will happen now. Good. Yeah, that will be the practice yeah. moving forward. That's the thing, too, about this kind of... I mean, pa- of- Paige Spiranak, a professional golfer and misses everything on the interwebs. Hold on. Who is that? Paige Spiranak. You're not mm. aware? I don't know who that is. Oh, my goodness. Manfred Fitzgerald Slow. I just pulled her up. She's a golfer. Yes. Ex-professional right. golfer. Now she's like an influencer. I know Paige Van Zant. Is that the same? Robert, we missed her at the Maxim party. In oh, we went to Sports Illustrated. Yeah. So she was at the Maxim party. She said, if anyone tries to cancel Tiger over this, we riot. It's funny. She's a golfer. She's a woman. She's an influencer. She gets it. This this woke stuff. And I can't believe I'm riding this wave right now. It's too much. It's too much. This is a joke in between two friends. If if Tiger Woods was able to come back from the cheating on his wife thing, the absolutely demolishing all of the, not Ralph's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the diners. I'm going blank here. Perkins. Perkins. If his Perkins runs, if, if he's not going to be demolished for all that, and this is when he's got to take heat, get out of here. This is dumb. Let him have some fun with his friends. I got inside jokes with you. We're one week removed from the Waste Management Open, and this is the story? I got inside jokes with you. I got inside jokes with Robert. Yeah. I got inside jokes with a plethora of people. You got to know your environment. You got to know your surroundings. Fred, in his defense, he is being followed by cameras 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Right. We are not. Understood. If we had drones hovering over us all the time... How many times in the past couple years would we have been doxxed for something? Often is the answer. This this week. (laughs) Yes. At Super Bowl, get out of here. Yeah. To me, you got to compare it to LeBron. 
Because LeBron got that same kind of coverage, that yeah. same kind of attention. You're right. And LeBron don't do this. And also, it doesn't seem like LeBron has real friends. You can't just pick one person <laughs> and compare him to. No, but I can pick the most yeah. comparative. No, that's a good comparison. Yeah, you're, hey, you're right. I, I can't. But I can pick the one guy who worldwide has more drip than the one guy we're talking about. That's LeBron James. And LeBron James, he don't. Yeah, he don't do this one. You got to know better. I'm not even going to sit here and tell you it's not funny. If, if it's for an audience of one and they think it's funny, not for me to say either way. I'm just saying, maybe pick a better time. You you don't you're not part of golf culture, and sure. again, this is like the locker room talk, apologist stuff. What happens on the golf course? It's a whole nother universe, Fred. I know you're not in that culture, but it's it's the boys out having a few beers and talking smack for four hours. It's it's this vibe. And, like, people praise the Waste Management Open and how it's bringing new life to golf and bringing in new fans to golf and a new generation knows mm. these golfers and is having fun with it. And we got two friends one week later having fun with each other and laughing with each other on a golf course, and now it's being lambasted. It's dumb. That's a good question. I was, you brought up something, though. Do you think if this happened in Phoenix at Waste Management, it would be an issue? It's universally praised if it happens at the Waste Management. I was talking to Van Tate today. I was at the Ice Tops Luncheon. I was catching up a van. I like him a lot. And he was asking, Easily hey. the best van. He, not even close. So he was, hey, I was the Super Bowl. I was the Waste Management Open, this, that, and up and down. And I'm like, hey, you know, they're both fine. Like, you know, Robert and Van had a lot of growth professionally. You know, they, they're settled in. They're absolute pros. Van and I peeled off, went to the Waste Management Open. And I was like, hey, Van Tate, I will tell you this. Maybe one of the worst sporting experiences I'd ever had. I thought the crowd was junk. I thought the energy was bogus. I thought it was, um, I thought it was amateur hour. And I said, but if you were having this conversation with Van Nunley, Van Nunley will tell you, that it was uh, the mecca and the growth and the direction of the sport. Correct. And I think this is the same thing. Where this, to me, is not the time, not the place. I get it. I get the sentiment. I, I get what you're talking about with the apparently the golf course is not the locker room. But, I mean, there's HD cameras everywhere. Sure. Like, it's just not. The, He's the, Tiger Woods. There's going to be cameras on him for the rest of his life. The reward's not worth the rub. Like, it's just, it's just the joke's not funny enough. And the timing is overly poor. To you, but me and Paige Spiranak, who uh, sure. I will lean into her answer <laughs> all day, yeah. we think it's fun. Yeah. And we think it's funny. And we think it's great for golf. These guys are out there having fun. Yeah. That's something that didn't exist in golf literally ever. Mm. It's me and 273 million people, according to this Google results, because I don't know if you have the overwhelming opinion on this. Also, I don't know if I do. I just think timing could have been better. I love it. Give me more of this. Every week, give me more of this. Make golf fun. He's you, know many, you know how many golf courses are still, still built on plantation houses who haven't moved the plantation house in 200 years? I don't know it's that number. Sta- the number's staggering. Like, coming from that culture, then 150 years later, you have Tiger Woods, and then you have the rise of the Waste Management Open, and you have a new culture of Billy Madison-esque golf fans Mm. who are breathing new life into the sport. It's night and day culture shift. And I hope the old pissed-off racists are watching this, and they die unhappy, and they hate the way that their sport is turning because I love every second of it. Let's make it fun. 
We have the same complaints about Major League Baseball all the time. They won't make it fun. They won't highlight these youth movements. They won't let them do bat flips. They won't let them enjoy themselves. It's an old, uncomfortable culture, and we need to move past it. And this is just another example. You might be putting apples closer to oranges on this one, though. That's kind of what I do here. Yeah, because it, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just not similar enough. Because it, it, as I'm trying to describe the poor timing and, and the risk-reward of it, it's not comparative to those other things. Those other things are not inter, they're, they're not like topics and segments introduced from outside of the game. Like flipping your bat, you use the bat in the game. Like premeditated. This is like, a, what's the, that movie with Denzel? Remember the Titans? Yeah. When he hands them the banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this is. I'm not in. I get it. I see why it resonates with who it does. Joke could have been told differently, could have been told better, definitely could have been told it a different Is it, is it because time. it's Tiger? Is that another another element of this? Anybody yes, else? of course. Yeah. Oh, here's an interesting one from the chat. Playing golf on the high school team back in the day, the sports animal chat. If you didn't hit your tee shot past the women's tee, you had to depant and walk up to that ball and take another shot, it was hilarious. Here's me. Yes. I don't know if I'm laughing. This is, I think, the, out, the, outrage, I over, the outrage over Tampax Gate, I think it's gone way too far. To me, this is closer to a hot foot in a baseball dugout than it is to some blatant middle finger. That makes more to, sense. To every woman on earth. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm following you down yeah. that path. I can't, yeah. I, can't, I can't believe this guy set his cleats on fire in the dugout. You know what the fire has done to my family? You know how many firefighters we lost on September 11th? How dare they start a fire in a dugout? No, it's just some dudes having fun. Chill out. I didn't realize we went so deep on this. We're 10 minutes away we hard on this, didn't from we? Pedro <laughs> Lopez. Big thank you to Wayne for reaching out to the program. Wayne right. got us going. Audience of one. That's what this thing's about. <laughs> Tubing on, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. I got a little bit of baseball talk before we bring in Pedro Lopez. Everyone knows pitchers and catchers are reporting spring training underway. Manny Machado, who plays for the Padres, reported to spring training. And I didn't see the context. I don't know if a reporter asked him. I don't know if he stepped off the bus or out of the car or whatever and was like, I'm gone. But he said publicly that he intends to opt out of his contract with the Padres on day one of spring training. <laughs> wow. See ya. Quote, obviously the team knows where I stand. I think I've expressed that I will be opting out after this year. But I think my focus is not about 2024. My focus is about 2023. What can I do with this ball club? Things I've done for the organization. What we're going to continue to do here. It's crazy that he outplayed that contract because it was it was 250 million dollar ones is that what he's 300 milli so he's made 300 milli but he's so damn good Mm -hmm. and with the way money is now and the way that position is now and more cardinal stuff the way nolan arenado got paid yeah yep but you don't say it publicly yep but you don't do that i don't know man i think i like this especially for the padres okay put the pressure on them never won anything this is the best time the best situation they've ever been in. Contract season, your team's ready to strike. Yeah. 
they could easily win the National League. They just got to stay healthy and play together. If Manny Machado has a season for the ages, like he did last year, yeah, top three MVP vote getter last year, if he has another one of those seasons, it's a blank check year for him. Nelson Cruz, he said, he, Manny Machado said, I want to play as long as Nelson Cruz does. That's sweet. That's a long time. Nelson Cruz started playing before both your daughters were born. <laughs> Look, it seems like Manny Machado is like a seasoned veteran because he came into the league so young. Yeah. He's only 30. Right. Mm-hmm. He's got a decade of baseball left in him. He says 12 years. Also, you could be throwing a get to live in San Diego, play a kid's Shoot. game. Shoot. 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 You already know it's going to be like that. I mean, here at the Padres, you hope you can just sign him before the season starts, restructure the contract, give him five or ten more milli a year, and don't have to worry about it. Are you saying but this is? What? Are you saying this is Manny much ado about nothing? No, I think he's gonna. If he has another season like he did last year, he's gonna set the market next yeah. year. He's going to <clears throat> reset how much it costs to retain a baseball player's services. Is this is this kind of uh, uh, kind of sour grapes because of Juan Soto? They want him to be the man so so bad down there, while Manny's been the man. That's a good point because he has not behaved accordingly, or in- or he hasn't performed either, or like everyone around Machado. Machado was like he had the reputation of being immature, yeah. being the locker room cancer. And their team around him looks so bad. It makes Machado look like the seasoned veteran, the absolute leader. Well, isn't he from Baltimore? Because he could go back. He could go to the Orioles, and he could be the savior. Mm. He already used to playing around dysfunction. But if he, it would be like, I'm coming home, coming home <laughs> to a place. I mean, there's something like that, though, right? Yeah. He's a Miami guy, Dominican heritage. Oh, he's from Miami? Okay. I mean, he came up with the Orioles organization. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's my association. Yeah, because he was there the first six years of his career. I mean, good for him. Like, I'm not going to fault a player for trying to get their true market value. Oh, I agree. But if it backfires, whoopsie. Silly has all year to decide. Just because he says it right now in a press conference doesn't mean he doesn't get hurt sometime throughout the season. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a down season and decides to opt into the rest of his contract and only get $30 million a year to play baseball. Well, and then the last thought on it is maybe he wants to be the first Las Vegas athletic. Oh. Because <laughs> they've been saving money okay. for like 20 years. Throw the whole bank at him. Mm-hmm. That'd be the thing, wouldn't it? Just show up. Show up in Las Vegas. I mean, that'll be a good cornerstone for him. And the Padres are going to spend money no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want to keep up with the Joneses. They're going to spend as much as the Dodgers and the Yankees. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, if Machado doesn't sign for a reasonable deal and wants to test the market, they have like eight shortstops. Everybody on their team is a shortstop who can play. <laughs> Good point. Pedro Lopez, manager of your Albuquerque Isotopes, will join us on the Sports Animal Hotline. Whenever we get back, it's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Back on the program. Joining us for the first time. 
Brand new friend of the show, manager of your Albuquerque Isotopes, Pedro Lopez. Let's yeah. go. Yes. Welcome to the show, Pedro. How are you, my friend? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is this is a fun one. We had a luncheon today. It, it turned into like an impromptu master class on baseball and managing and, and minor league baseball. Uh, Pedro, talk to us a little bit, please, about your journey after, uh, obviously, Warren was called up to the next level. Talk to us about the decision uh, to, to give you the reins and, and by the Rockies to help lead this Isotopes team. Well, um, first and foremost, I just want to thank, um, number one, the uh, the Isotopes, and uh, and then second of all, uh, the Rockies for this uh, opportunity. I know... Uh, they're um, big fields, uh, uh, big, uh, to shoot, uh, big fields uh, to shoot uh, from uh, Warren Schaefer. He did a great job for these past two seasons. And then uh, me having come uh, come in, it's like, it's uh, tremendous. Uh, I feel good. Uh, it's, uh, it's a big task. But at the same time, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, I'm super excited for my isotopes to have a winning record next year. Yes. Because, Coach, you got a winning record over your whole career. What do we bring into the table this upcoming season? Well, uh, first and foremost, I, I, I think that um, the one thing that I bring to the table is, like, uh, just like Warren did last year, uh, it's an environment where they can come in and uh, work on the regular basis, uh, no, uh, no pressure whatsoever. Uh, but, um, but like you said, it's like we need to win, and uh, and in order for us to uh, to help out the uh, big league club, uh, we need to have a winning season here, uh, put guys in the right position, and uh, and hopefully they can help out the uh, big league club. And, you know, that's kind of a it's a hard task to have for a a minor league manager to balance putting a winning team out on the field and still developing these young men to be Colorado Rockies eventually. How are you going to balance that this upcoming season? Well, I think, um, I think winning is part of development. I think that, uh, that's one of the things that, uh, that we always talked about. We always talked about developing players, but, uh, I think not too many, not too many times we talk about uh, winning and, uh, we expect these guys to go up to the big leagues and uh, help the big league club win and uh, put themselves in uh, in better situations. And I think that uh, everything starts, you know, with the uh, minor leagues. So I think if we can get these guys to win at the minor leagues, and uh, I think it'll be an easier job for them to uh, to win at the big leagues. So we just got to put them in the right position. And I think, you know, winning and, and, uh, and development, they go hand-in-hand. So hopefully, you know, this year we can uh, we can do that uh, we can do that here in Albuquerque and help out the uh, the big league club in Denver. So with you being the the bench coach last season and then before that the hitting coach, you saw firsthand the big bombs the the records that were set with the bats by the Isotopes. What will be? How do we continue that and also bring the pitching up to speed? Because I believe that's where the wins will come into play. No, definitely. I think um, you know, winning and the and and defense uh brings you uh championships. And that that's one of the things that I think we gotta focus on. It's like, you know, um pitching well, defending well and if if we can do that I I think that, you know, we can bring the uh the city of, of uh, Albuquerque 
a championship. So I know it's a it's a friendly, it's a hidden friendly uh, ballpark. I know the ball flies and all that, but I think if we can pitch and we can defend uh, uh, the right way, I think we uh, we're going to be able to win more games. Well, earlier you didn't say off the record when we were talking at lunch, so I'm going to mention this. <laughs> so you said, you, you said, Coach, you said, uh, what I'm going to try to do is change the culture a little bit at the ballpark and make it a place that players want to be before and after the game. Ooh, love that. With the generation of ball players coming up now, what is the best approach to kind of extend guys' third-place time at the ballpark? How do, you, how do you expect to excite guys about being there early and staying late? Well, I mean, that's I think that's like old school. You know, that's when you know what we did. You know, back in the days, it's like, you know, when the game ended, you know, guys were you know were like sticking around and you know talking the game, talking baseball, and I think that's something that I want to try to bring this year. It's like you know have guys being around the on the clubhouse a little bit a little bit more after the games. Um, that's something that's gonna uh, needs to be talked with the front office and uh, in Denver, and uh, hopefully I get the okay with it. Um, but I think we need to get guys back into uh, a little more engaged in the game. I think uh, you know this generation, it's like cell phones and playstations and all this, and it's like all these you know like all these uh, futures that the uh the world's bringing nowadays and i think uh we just got to go back in days a little more and uh, kind of think mo- uh, more baseball than anything else so you know hopefully you know we can bring that i'm i'm for sure i'm going to try my best uh to do it to keep guys around just a little a uh, little bit more try to keep him uh engaged you know i know i I've, I've had front office people 24/7 talking about baseball um, I think that's hard. I mean, myself, I'm old school, but if you think about 24/7 in baseball, you go crazy. I think I think <laughs> you're gonna have some uh, some downtime for yourself. But I think uh, there is uh, for sure enough time for uh, for us to talk about baseball. New coach of the Isotopes, Pedro Lopez, joining us on Two Men On. So I used to play baseball, and I had a coach in high school who wanted to be called coach usually you're a manager and then colloquially you're the skip but i heard from the grapevine no. you don't want to be called skip what are we going to start calling no you? no they, they can call me pilo they can call me pedro they can call me however they want no skip i think um matter of fact i'm here in the office right now at the uh isotope park and uh i just sent a, a picture to uh, Warren Schaefer, and uh, I sent him a, uh, I sent him a picture of his office, and I thought, Skip, this is going to be your office. Will always be your office, and I was like, they can call me Pilo. And as, as you guys uh, heard me say during the uh, lunch today, this uh, this will always be um, Skip's office, which uh, which is uh, Warren Schaefer, and uh, I'm just grateful. And I'm glad to be in here, sitting here on this uh, chair as we speak. But um, um, I'm not, I'm not more than any other player out there. I'm just like, I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to help out in whatever capacity it is. So, you know, my my main thing is to uh, to help out people 
and hopefully I can make a difference. Pilo, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, you had a great relationship with Warren Schaefer. It's obvious you have a great relationship with Jordan Pacheco. Where are you going to put your Jordan Pacheco bobblehead? That is the question <laughs> nice. that I think is on everyone's head. When the Jordan Pacheco bobblehead comes out, where are you going to put it, Pilo? Well, I'm trying to think, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I know that in e- on eBay that's going to go for a while. <laughs> I know on eBay that's going to go for a lot. So um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try to decide where I'm going to keep it here in the office, uh, or uh, I'm going to say it on eBay. But uh, I think on eBay it probably go more. <laughs> Pilo, uh, baseball is becoming more and more of an inter- international game every single year, and it's never more prevalent than it is in the Caribbean. You were from an early group of ballers from the Caribbean, you being from Puerto Rico. What kind of progression have you seen for these Caribbean ball players since you've been a player and a coach and now manager? Um, well, I'll tell you, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's been huge. And it's like, I, I, I remember, you know, my early days, you know, when I was in high school and, uh, since way before the draft. And, uh, and I think, uh, I think baseball, it's, it's come, it's, it's come big. I think I know for a fact that, uh, it's helped a lot of players coming out of, uh, Puerto Rico. And I know for a fact it's it's helped out a lot of players coming the uh, full uh, Latin America. But uh, I think um, it's been huge. I, I think it's it's been it's been great. You know, now seeing the WBC coming up and uh, seeing some of these players that you know you either grew up with or you know they came after you. I think uh, it's it's been huge. All right, we got one last question before we let you go. Because we were talking about this Tiger Woods thing earlier. We were talking about a prank on the golf course. Mm. Radio-friendly, Pilo, what is the best rib you have seen in a clubhouse? What is the best rib amongst the boys? Great question. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be hard. <laughs> I've heard so many, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Pilo says, "There's uh, Pilo says, I got so many I can't count. <laughs> I like that. That's how, we might have to get this story yeah. after hours with a watermelon walk-off. That's how there I we feel. go. Our friends at Teller Vodka. Pedro Lopez, thank you so very much for taking the time with us. Congratulations on the new position and safe travels to Phoenix, my friend. Spring training starts for you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I really thank you. Oh, this was excellent. Outstanding little sit-down. Big thank you to Pedro Lopez for joining us. He's an absolute dude. I like the I like the don't call me skipper. That's don't call cool, me right? skip. Yeah. yeah. He said yeah. that during the luncheon today. That's that's real nice. Yeah, that resonated. I'll tell you what else resonated during the luncheon was he and Jordan's relationship. You could tell that they're ready to to duel ahead this thing. And he had made mention. I know we were up against it with time. Actually, let me come back to that. Or we get back. I'm going to talk about a little inside baseball uh, during the luncheon today because it was uh, it was just an absolute banger. It was and it was kind of all the media, everyone in town, all the TVs. J- Jeff and JJ were there. You know, it was it was the full thing. So we'll get back to that. Talk a little bit more ice topes baseball before we wrap up the hour. It's two men on ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The sports in.
Pedro Lopez seems like a dude, huh? You ain't lying. That's bum I had to miss that today. Got some new friend of the Isotope oh. Outback Steakhouse today. Went to the Outback Steakhouse. And they were lovely. Did you get a Bloomin' Onion? No, they had like a they did like a catery thing, but it was okay. super nice. Did you get any of the brown bread? I like their brown yeah, bread. Yeah, the, the sugar bread or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Super Robert, how do you feel about you want brown bread or white bread, Robert? Robert it don't do matter. I I don't want any bread. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Dang. Not even toast? Robert Atkins no. over here. No. So we're at this luncheon today, and it's... So what I said was, Fred, I oh. said, Robert Atkins <laughs> over here. Yeah, no, Am, yeah, I right? yeah, I, Am I right? Am I right? It's culturally very relevant yeah. to mention the Atkins diet right now. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets I'm really diet. into Fin Fin. Is that the drug? It's, uh, that's the, yeah, that's what they that's call it. That's the legal the, methamphetamines, right? That's what they call it on the streets. Yeah. Fin Fin. <laughs> he used to put it in, it was a dietary, but it would cause, um, I think this is safe for the radio, r- rectal leakage. But people are like, but I get to be thin. It was like from. Can't have it all, Fred. Can't have it all. Can't have it all. So I was right at this luncheon today, and it's, it's it, all the guys you see on TV, all the best radio guys in town. It's very good. And it turns into this impromptu, like, master class on, like, managing and it, um approaches and Pilo says the thing I'm going to drive home with the squad that's coming in and obviously he doesn't know who it is you know right whatever that's exciting isn't it kind of it's time to start baseball season you don't even know who you're about to be coaching and he says there's more to the game than just hitting and he was like if you only put focus on hitting he says he doesn't think that's the best way for players to improve at hitting. Hmm. He's like, if you're warming up for a game, that doesn't mean an hour in the cages. That means go take ground balls. That means do other baseball movements and activities for your body and treat hitting like part of the, the game and not the entire game. And I said, oh, that's very good. Yeah. Ron Washington would love to hear that. that what, I don't understand that one. He's a defensive specialist in coaching. He takes defense very seriously. I thought he was a Fin Fin fan. I thought he was, yeah, too. Well, I mean, I know him fin as another. Fin on, on them streets. Yeah. Nah, he was pre-Fin Fin. Yeah. He's yeah. an OG. Yeah. I was talking to Jared Chester over at Disco Biscuits. Might have lost me on that one. It's okay. I was talking to Jared Chester, and you guys, he does TV, you guys know. So I'm talking yeah, yeah. to him, and I'm like, I'm literally texting him. And I'm like, during the thing, I'm texting him. And I'm saying, there's no audience here. Like this, this back, this TED talk of like baseball expertise and yeah. brilliance and management, it's not going to an audience. I was like, this would be the best for an audience. And it was for, and similar to what we were talking about earlier, an audience of one, this room. Right. And I was like, oh man, this is what it is. And obviously, John Traub was there. Obviously, the front office was there. They put the whole thing together, they made it happen. But like, I had a beer. I was like, this thing's so good. Give me a beer. Yeah. Sit back and enjoy this, mother. I have a beer lunch at the Outback. That was very good, though. And like I said, I, I just thought that really jumped out to me. The hitting is part of the game. It's not the entire game. And I thought, yeah, because the numbers are going to come here offensively. And if you can get your team to adopt this idea that you go out and you give up six or seven in a game, but you're still in the mix, that's a good pitching day. Yeah. If you have the defensive metrics mm-hmm. and you could turn the tide just that little bit, are you focused that much more on pitching? 
and pitching smartly, mm. that can really change. And the PCL, that that half yeah. a, that half a run, that full run, if you can change your expected differential that much, you're going to win so many more games in an offensive league. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know, kind of a cool moment, kind of a cool little sit down. Uh, lastly, from from this luncheon today with the Isotopes, and again, banger of just an afternoon. Lastly was the idea that players come to Albuquerque to play for the Isotopes, and there's a stigma for pitchers about the elevation. Sure. And there's a stigma about the movement of the ball. And, you know, Pedro Lopez said, they don't have that stigma when they go to Colorado. They're happy to be there. Sure. And he said that was the thing that he was going to tackle early, too, was, hey, and I recognize that the paychecks are different, boys. So, like, mm-hmm. Don't be confused on that. Mm-hmm. But, like, he said, I'm going to make sure I combat that. I'm going to get players in early. I'm going to keep players late. I'm going to let them know that playing here is like playing at the next level. If you can go out and fall in love with baseball and not just hitting, that this team is going to have a winning culture. Heck yeah. Your boy's in. Also, you know, developing and making sure the Rockies are having to put guys in the right places and send them to the big That all is super vital and matters, and Warren did a great job at it. That's why Warren is where Warren is now. Right. You could tell that Warren was going to have that trajectory. Mm-hmm. He was built for this thing. And he is just insanely talented as he is hardworking. Well, and are we also having a conversation with the Rockies about – and, Robert, I'm sorry, I'm kind of railroading. No, go thing. ahead. But are we also having a conversation where we're three years down the road and they're handing this thing over to Jordan Pacheco? And this is a keep it warm, Pedro Ooh. Lopez kind of thing, the local kid coming up, going up. I don't hate that. I don't hate it either. You have the wise old sage. Yeah. Been there, done that. If Jordan be the hitting coach this year, become the bench coach next year. And that's – that's the path. That's the trajectory. Yep. It's proven. He went the same way. He, uh, Pedro went the same way right now. Right. Yep. That's the same thing that he did. There's a lot of dynamics here. But if there's an organization that can do it, that's the one. But to see, this is the part that it's kind of, it's not shady, but it's like, man, when you are successful, you're gone. You're out of there. Oh, no, but that's. That's like this industry. Yeah. You yeah. get hired to get fired. You get yeah. hired to get plucked. You get hired. I mean, it's all adjacent. Right. He was at the Mets organization forever. Yeah. Managed in Vegas. Did some stuff. Winter ball. I said, I said, hey, welcome back to Albuquerque, Pedro. Like, how you, you know, cool that you're back. He's like, yeah, like 40 degrees cooler than where I was. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yeah, good little sit-down. Big thank you to them for that. Big thank you to Pedro Lopez. Pitchers and catchers are here. It is that time of year. But instead, I'm going to talk about what Patrick Mahomes did during the celebration of the Super Bowl championship during their parade. Did you see this story? Of course. You have to have a level of chill. Patrick Mahomes has no chill. Him and Travis Kelsey together? They're lucky they're very good at football. Well, actually, let me rephrase this. Roman Reigns and the Usos Uh-oh. are lucky that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are so good at football because they would be the best one-two tag team in WWE right now. Talk about the bloodline? <laughs> yes. Two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. I'm on lift up my... 
Okay, give me Van. I need this update, Van. So we at the beginning of the show said Matthew McClellan was going to join us. Yes. Uh-oh. He co-hosts of Knockout Radio. They cover the bare knuckle stuff. He owns a vertical gym. He's from the Tampa area, and he has the pizza diet, which is like a social media thing. And while he travels the world for combat sports, he evaluates pizza, and he works the red corner for a company called Billboard Mat, which is a safety device that goes under the stool to keep the canvas clean and dry of bloodborne pathogens. Uh, you get the idea. Like, this is a fight-centric dude. Yes. That grades pizza around the country. <laughs> And we have a famous local pizza in Dion's, but missed a connecting flight. Then there wasn't a pilot in Phoenix. And there wasn't a second pilot either. There wasn't a backup pilot. There was no co-pilot. Down to their third pilot. They, wow. A stewardess has taken over the plane. <laughs> now, Van, please give me the text update that we just got. He has landed. He has his accoutrement, and he is on his way. I believe six minutes out. If I can do math. Now, if he's coming in hot, is the pizza also coming in hot? Ooh, that's I'm a great question. No. No. Better have some ranch. If he brings that Dion's pizza in here with no ranch. Oh, what I'm, we didn't warn him. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing he and the pizza out this window. Hey, you know how many employees we have at this radio station? I guarantee you there is ranch in the fridge right now. There is Dion's ranch in the fridge, and I will bet my life on it. You know how many friends yes. we have at this station? How many what? Fred's. Fred's? Yeah. Enough that we have Four? ranch, I promise you. <laughs> we have one more Fred than we do bucks. Do they do they uh no, there's two bucks. Is there the it's name is there the name Fred on top of the it's it's written on there somewhere? Like under Dion's Fred's. So we don't have to be too worried about stealing it from someone because we have a Fred. You know mine is ranch because it's ranch. Everyone everyone else's ranch is green chili ranch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes Or Fred wouldn't even buy local. He wouldn't buy Dion's ranch. Uh, Hidden Valley. He would bring some <laughs> He bring some weird stuff from St. Louis over uh, here that only him no, and people he, from St. Louis have heard of. You heard what he said, Hidden Valley. That's what he's going straight to the top. That's what I'm about. Uh St. Louis Kirk ranch. Cousins of ranch. St. Louis ranch is called Twisted Ranch. I don't know if you guys know about this. Are you familiar? They Never heard whiskey of it. in it. So it's a, uh, maybe. That's a tea. Twisted tea has whiskey or vodka in it. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah, it's okay. So Twisted Ranch is like a, it's a restaurant in St. Louis, but they have their own ranch, and it's, I don't know, it's pretty good. So speaking of Missouri, Patrick Mahomes, you guys are familiar with him? He all right. So at, cool. at the uh, celebration, at the celebration, <laughs> For the Kansas City Chiefs, the parade, he uh, he had the uh, Lombardi Trophy, the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and he he walked it over to the bicycle racks that kept the ravenous fans away, mm-hmm. posed with it, took a selfie, walked away, and as he was walking away, he handed it to the fan as if it was like a prop that was handed to him. What? You can't just hand the Vince Lombardi. No, he just gave it away. He just and then he and and he's like dabbing people up, and he's got a WWE Kansas City Chiefs championship belt, and he has Houston Astros goggles from every time they win the World Series. Oh wow! Houston. He just gave this away, <laughs> slap five, and walked away. He gone for the first few hours of the day, boys. And I hate to be the spoiler here. Don't tell me it's a replica. I'll get so mad. Comes. 
The first few hours of the day is like, oh, my God, a drunk Patrick Mahomes almost gives away the Lombardi trophy. Luckily, security was there to save the Lombardi trophy. That's what the story is, right? Hours later, the truth comes out, and it was a prank. It wasn't a tampon. It was a Lombardi trophy. It was a replica. So that wasn't a so whole... People were freaking out like, Patrick, you're, oh. forgetting, you're forgetting the Lombardi. Patrick, turn around. Because it had... I see it now. They, there's a different angle. It has a sticker on it. <sighs> so this wasn't a, hey, hold this. I got to run to the restroom. Yes. Oh, man. I'm so bummed. But in real life, did you see the r- r- round of applause that he got after he made the pit stop and came out of the toilet? No. Like, that's the biggest flex I've ever seen in the history of the world. Well, the biggest flex. Like a I- crowd goes crazy for your urinary habits. Like, that's a good problem to have. The biggest flex I ever saw with the Lombardi Trophy was when Tom Brady completed a pass over the ocean. That's the best one. And that was the real trophy. That's the top. That's the yeah. one. That's the real trophy, And that was too. the real trophy. Yeah. Yep. He was so drunk off of one avocado milkshake with a shot of vodka. Yeah, let him let y'all tell it. Probably tell her vodka. <laughs> he, he was really tore up. He he took it down. Did you see? Have you seen his like body mass? He can't handle drinks. Yeah, good point. You put drinks in Skeletor. You have one drink a year. It is going to get you. Yeah, ham, 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 hammered. Tom Brady is the Ally McBeal of drinks. Wow. He was an NFL football player. Alec Mobile's not the best comp, but I get it. That's actually the best one. I feel like Aniston, maybe. I feel like if, <laughs> if she like dipped her toe in like a beer, she'd just pass out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol oh, poisoning. Oh my cuticles! <laughs> also married to Harrison Ford for like thirty years. You guys know that? Congrats. Fun fact. I did not know that. Yeah, I've been knowing that. That was the one I was been. I was knowing that one. Did you know the largest landlocked country is Kazakhstan? Didn't know that either. The greatest country in the world? I'm mad we just called her Allie McBeal, not her real name. Uh, Clarissa Flockhart. Calista. Oh, I was close. Calista. Pat- Patrick Mahomes hands that Red trophy e over. Rice did miss her. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes hands that trophy over to a fan. He's like, don't worry, I'll, I'll get a new one next year. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Such a baller move. That's hilarious. Boys, I got I get a new one. Hey, Travis, we got to get another one Tra- next year, right? That's what he did. Can we come back after commercial break with Travis Kelsey's speech? This dude. So we played it when you were out. Is a bad dude. Yeah, whenever did, we, did you guys see he's going to be on SNL? Yes. He should. That's so smart. He's going to kill it. Here's an SNL bit that we could do right now on the radio after we sample pizza with Mike McClellan. Or excuse me, Matthew McClellan. What we could do is we, and I'm telling you, this would be impromptu. We could do the um, voices of the Super Bowl parade where I am Travis Kelsey, you are Patrick Mahomes, and obviously Rob is Andy Reid. And we do <laughs> just drunken interpretation of the parade and all the things that we see as we're on. The, like, here's an example. I will be uh, Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my God. Melvin Gordon's here. Like that's <laughs> that would be the entire bit. I mean, hey, hey guys, pull, 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 pull this bus over. I got, where's the where's the part of potty? Yeah. I want to give away a Lombardi. <laughs> Andy Andy Reed's like, I, I thought there was a buffet by the bus. Yes. <laughs> so, there's, Br- there's no buffet. We going to Arthur Bryan's? Well, what we do it. We call it bus phase. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I this, guys, I, this is a weird number. SNL. 
Who's calling me? That's that would be the whole bit. Hey guys, hey, if my wife or brother calls, you just hit the ignore button. She ain't lying in a party with them losers. Not today. Not today. Oh, hey guys, do you think I could get them to say Rob Gronkowski? Who? Do you guys think I could get them to say that? Everyone's like, who? Who is they? I've seen forty-five Andy Reeds out here. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't even hey, hit a block yet. Hey, and I, I kissed three of them. <laughs> hey guys, guys, everyone be quiet. Everyone, everyone be. Real, I'm going Facetime Jason. <laughs> Jason, it's your brother Travis. Look, look what I did. <laughs> I ain't Facetiming my brother. Ain't no way. Oh. <laughs> I ain't That's what Patrick uh, <laughs> Oh, man. That's, if Saturday Night Live is not putting that bit on, you're idiots. Yes. I, the, the bit they have to do. We just wrote it for you. The bit they have to do, though. This may be bad, but it's got to be great. They got to do something about them being drunk at the parade, but Andy Reid scolding them and trying to get their car keys. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> that was a little too on the edge. Yeah, I know, but it's SNL. They got to do it. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, so Travis Coates is like, we're going to the White House. <laughs> well, it's Joe Biden now, not Donald. He's like, ah, ne- ne- never mind. We, I'm good. Oh, that's the one. Oh, man. Matthew McCullen joins us. When we get back, we're going to review Dion Pizza. Um, that's not a super good bit, I think, for the local. I think for the townie yeah. who already loves Dion Pizza. But this is a national pizza review. The man who invented the pizza diet, the host of Knockout Radio, Matthew McClellan, after this. Also, bare knuckle fighting is tonight. Van's going to that. I'm, I mean, maybe miss me with that. I don't know. If Matthew can talk me into it, I'm into it. Okay, that's the goal, then. That's the goal. Tuning on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We are powered by the YNCA of Central New Mexico. You know your boys mess with I-9 sports. You hear it on our varsity so very often. And don't forget, Van's getting strong with Evolve Strong, and Robert and I are getting fat at the 66 Diner. <laughs> it's 99.95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Sometimes the industry just works out. Sure. So after a day of travel, which is not for this program right now, but a day of travel for Matthew McClellan, co-host, and I'm very excited about this, co-host of Knockout Radio, also inventor of the pizza diet, also just a dude. Welcome to the show, Matt. How, how are you? Great to be here. Let me turn that mic up a little bit. I know they were doing some stuff in the studio. Van hit some filler. Oh, I was rolling in hot. All right, so let's let's talk about your journey just to get here right yeah. now. On the tarmac in Phoenix, we previewed this a little bit throughout the show. On the tarmac in Phoenix, you don't have a pilot. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, FAA requires that uh, two pilots are on on deck. The one pilot had gone over hours, so therefore we had no employee, nobody to fly with the the pilot, and uh, we were dead. We were dead in the water. We had no shot. So, uh, 
Or yeah, like one, a, one, one pilot volunteered. He was you told him off. you had pizza waiting, though, right? Pizza waiting. It's yeah. getting cold. And I'm like, I got places to be. I got to get to Albuquerque. So you're in Albuquerque for the, the knuckle mania tonight. That's going on in Tingley. We have gone back and forth on it. Van loves it. I hate it. Okay. There's, there's all kinds of emotion tied to this thing. Everyone who hates Robert loves it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Robert? What's going on? <laughs> so, so what do you hate about it? What do you what do you not like about it? I t- so I've always struggled with combat sports. Okay. So I'm not smart enough to understand it. Okay. Therefore, I refuse to enjoy it. Okay. Now, can, let me give you the short answer. Fred's soft. Okay. That's what it is. All right, Fred. Is He's that, soft. So, so here's the thing about bare knuckle. Okay. So obviously Albuquerque is a huge fight city. I mean, because Greg Jackson, yeah. Jackson Wink, I mean, Winkle John, they, they built the UFC. They built combat sports. I mean, a lot right. of truth there. So. The great thing about bare knuckle is it gives these older fighters an opportunity to prolong their careers. Because let's be honest, what are they going to do with their life after they're done fighting and the UFC or Bellator? Now they don't have to worry about takedowns. They don't have to worry about defenses. They don't have to worry about kicks. They can go in and just do one discipline, and you can't throw full power. You're not going to throw full power because you break your hand. Right. The boxing glove was designed to prolong the action. To keep the sport going for the spectator, i.e. the ticket holder. So it was never designed to protect the, the head from damage and trauma. It was designed to, ha- to protect the hand from breaking. Well, that makes more sense. So now these guys have to use more skill and more accuracy, and they can't. So you guys are football guys. Sure. I saw you at Super Bowl. Yeah. I saw you on Media Row. Right. I know you guys got helmets. If I told you, Fred, go bash your head in that wall as hard as you can with the helmet. You're certainly going to hit it a lot harder than if you had no helmet. 100%. Right? Uh-huh. Same thing with this bare knuckle. It's more mm. skill. It's not as much like parking lot brawls like you think it is. So I want to have a, a follow-up question about the skill. Yeah. Because there's different techniques and there's different strategies. For sure. It's not just all about the knockout. You're trying to do cuts. You're trying to get more hits. You're trying to wind them because it's a smaller ring. Sure. Shorter round. Absolutely. And, and what you're talking about is uh, – it's not about the, the knockout per se. I mean, a cut and a medical stoppage is a victory. So just like any other sport, it's points. And you want to win with any advantage you can get. And if the, the eye cut is so severe that the doctor stops it, you win. So you don't have to go for just knockout power, right? So that's, that's what makes it intriguing. Uh, it is gruesome. There is a lot of superficial cuts and, and wounds. But uh, it's an amazing sport. It's fast. It's dynamic. It's explosive. And it's five two-minute rounds. Matt, so everyone who is watching this they they love the nostalgia of the fighters that used to do other things like mma or boxing um is there should i say is there in bare knuckles someone who's grassrooted from that who who goes up through the bare knuckles ranks that's never done any other type of combat sports well that's tough because bare knuckle boxing was illegal on u.s soil for 130 years Ooh, <laughs> right. so it was sanctioned by bkfc in wyoming four years ago so it's a new sport. Even though you have a lot of uh, underground cards and things, the fighters that have done it, Rich Cannon is you know, local to the area out here in the West, um, you know, Bobby Gunn and, and other legendary figures. But when you think about bare knuckle, it's really going back to guys that had mustaches like yours, Vaughn, that, that had uh, the John Sullivan. And, the, and, the, and, the, and that technique, I haven't seen anyone use from that legendary Irish street boxing kind of day. I have a dust up yeah. here. <laughs> Say hello to Jack Johnson. <laughs> a little ballyhoo. Yeah, right? That's where. So, uh, but no, it's, it's an exciting sport. It's, a, it's an amazing sport. Um, these fighters are, are 
prolonging their careers if they already have a name. And for those that are coming up, they're building a name. Matthew McClellan joining us. He's the co-host of Knockout Radio, also the inventor of the pizza diet. Yes. Which sounds um, to me like a little slice of heaven and not just pie. (laughs) So that is a good one. We're going to do this. We're going to step away a little bit early than we normally do. We're going to come back. Have you ever had Dion? No, but my neighbor in Tampa, Florida, she worked at Dion's in college. She said I had wow. to try it. It's a small world after all. Yeah. And I've got two Dion pizzas here for you guys, and we're going to do them after the break. This track. So we're going to get your we're going to get your reaction on air. We're going to give it to all the friends of our show, and then you and Van are going to head over to bare knuckle immediately yeah and and robert and i, I, we'll I have to up. work i got a job i i work the red <laughs> corner that's why i have the red shoes yeah. and the red hey belt. and uh i i work for safety mats which is a billboard mat company and it goes under the stool to collect the water the ice the vaseline the blood to keep the canvas dry to protect the fighter's safety in between rounds so every fight i'm in the red corner Frankie's over in the blue corner. So we're here to, like, you know, always protecting the fighter's safety at all costs. Even though it's a violent sport, we want to make sure there's no slips and falls or tear a knee and end their career. If I, if I know anything, well, and I know that from the Matrix, you made the correct decision. The red pill was the right okay, choice. Okay, good job. <laughs> Congratulations. Plus, Hulk Hogan, I know you guys are wrestling guys. Yeah. My brother, Hulk Hogan, turned me into a real gladiator. We'll talk about it with the pizza diet and how it talks into the red outfit. All right. Also, where where is Knockout Radio at? Is that Knockout a- Radio, Tampa, Florida, where we travel combat sport. But as you know, we do all sport. You're a variety show like you guys. And then available on iTunes, Spotify, and all those. And at knockoutradio.com. There Absolutely. we go. First of all, good get on oh, a .com. Yes. That's a super good get. Yeah, More with Matt McClellan whenever we get back. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Hall. All right. We're back on the program, and I'm DJ Cooling. <laughs> all right. I just had to clear my throat, boys. Matt McClellan's with us. Let's go. Yeah. Co-host of Knockout Radio in town for the big bare knuckle fight. Knuckle Mania 3, BKFC, taking place tonight at the Tinsley Center. Starting at 7 o'clock. The Tinsley Center has uh, got a unique energy. Yeah, it's a Coliseum, which, uh, you know, is my gladiator story. You know, as we were talking about the red corner earlier, I uh, after I invented the pizza diet, I was on a mission to change the image of pizza globally from junk food to health food. Okay. I was training every day, working out every day. And uh, a guy named Hulk Hogan uh, was partners of a gym down in Clearwater Beach with uh, uh, Bushwhacker Luke and Jimmy Hart. And Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba Love Sponge. And uh, who's the other one? Uh, Brutus the Beaver Beefcake. Yep. Uh, Brutus the Barber. Yeah. And so every day I would come to the gym and I would bring my pizzas. And I was doing a really cheesy uh, pizza gimmick with the pizza diet results, right? I just got my pro card natural bodybuilding. Congratulations. U- Thank you very much. Using science, tracking macronutrients, and eating everyone's favorite food. And uh, I was using this, like, cheesy gimmick. Have you ever been to New York City? You guys of course. Times Square? Yeah. yeah. So there's an icon up there named the Naked Cowboy, right? Sure. And there's Robert Burke. Oh, yeah. And he plays in the guitar. He's like a, a New York City legend, right? So when I created the pizza diet, I was like, you know what? I need to do street performances. I got to bring this to the people. So I started doing live street performances at Clearwater Beach at Sunset, Pier 60. And I gave myself my own nickname. The Naked Pizza Man. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I would do bodybuilding poses to showcase what a body built by pizza could achieve, right? To inspire people to change their lifestyle. Like you healthy. said, right. Because none, <laughs> none of us are going to say yes. <laughs> it was, so it was, a, it was the worst gimmick of all gimmicks. Like, it was awful. I had no interaction, nobody who talked to me, no engagement. I was standing out on this, like, literal pizza box for four hours a night, and no one would talk to me. You know, I was 
5% body fat. I was tan. I was lean. These people just got on vacation, hadn't seen a son in six months. The last thing they're going to do is go talk to the shredded rip guy over there that right. claims he eats right. nothing but pizza. So Hulk Hogan got involved. He's like, look, got to have a character. Brother. Brother. He's like, brother, you got to leg drop this thing. You got to do something. <laughs> so, you got to, when you walk in the room, you got to be recognized. And, and when people, you leave a room, someone's got to remember you left and you got to leave an impression behind. You want an 18 inch pizza, brother? These 22 yeah. inch pythons. Yeah, our pizza's only 22 <laughs> over here. So uh, I created the Pizza Gladiator to defend the integrity of pizza because okay. historically okay. speaking, yes. pizza was used as scraps left over from the bakeries to feed the armies from the region of the world where pizza originated. Mm. So the Roman Coliseum, the Tindley Coliseum tonight, Boom. Uh, I became a real-life gladiator. For three years, I ran around with a red mohawk, thanks to Hogan. And uh, it's been tattooed on my body. I'm yeah. a, a real-life gladiator. So, yeah. And we are assuming that this gladiator's uh, Christian name is Dion because you are here with us having Dion's Pizza. So Love it. You had a bite during the commercial break. but So dive in right now. Give us your reaction. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going with the green chili pepperoni from an Albuquerque like icon, a icon. staple that is Dion. So, all right, so you're in right now. So, so let me set this up. So I'll set this up with... In 2010, before viral videos were a thing, I wanted to deliver my message that pizza is a healthy food to the pizza capital. And I did so by riding a bicycle from St. Pete, Florida to New York City, 30 cities, 30 days, 1,300 miles. So stupid. I ate hundreds and hundreds of local pizzerias to showcase what makes pizza great in their community, what that family business means to the fiber of their, their neighborhoods. And I've eaten thousands of pizzas in my career. And I've never had one with green chili on it. Let's right go. Oh, yeah. Oh, in real time? So this is real time. This is Dion's. Yeah. Uh, and in a small world, my neighbor, Stacy Luna, right. told me that she worked at this place and this iconic. So I've been, I, got, I got high expectations. So here we go. I, I, my favorite part of this is anyone who grew up in Albuquerque as a high schooler or college student, they worked at the Dion's. Right. It's the whole city. Sure. All right. So you're in. You're one bite in. It's fabulous. There we there go. go. There we go. Green, right. chili, yes. green chili for the win. I, mean, I don't know enough about green chilies. Obviously, I had chilies. I don't know enough about it. Like, that, all that Florida. correct so far. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. But yeah, that's, New Mexico hatch chili. Man, it's this, a staple in New this Mexico. This right here. I might not leave. It's, <laughs> <laughs> with our fight culture and our pizza, you found a new home away from home. Really? Matthew McClellan, co-host of Knockout Radio. Matt, where does it rank nationally? Put Dion's up against some of the best ones you've ever had. Where does it rank for you? So my role in the industry is a little different, okay? Because mm-hmm. there's other guys out there that do pizza reviews and they rank and there's there's critics, right? And those negative feedback mm-hmm. actually damage small local businesses. Oh, sure. yeah. Sure. So so here's my thing. I love all pizza. I dedicated my career to uplifting the pizza industry from junk food to health food. And every pizza operator can use my results to benefit their small business. That's my job, right? So that's my role. Um, but from a flavor standpoint, I got to say this thing's out of the world. I mean, it's, I, I haven't had green chili on a pizza. I didn't think I would want to have green chili on a pizza. And now I don't know if I can eat pizza without green chili on it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, so I got a realtor if you're looking to buy property here. It's like, <laughs> you, tur- you turn the corner real fast. Well, John brother. Lopez, get him in here right now. So we're uh, I- I'm sponsored. The show is sponsored by Evolve Strong Fitness. I'm doing a fitness program mm-hmm. the next two months called The Rise of the Phoenix. I really have to track my macro, sure. my protein levels. Yeah. Where does pizza fit in? 
to my diet? How can I squeeze in pizza into this diet and still make sure I hit all my macros? So going back to 2009, I did a 30-day pizza diet, which was a fad diet. And at the time, Jared Fogle from Subway was the golden child of all marketing. You couldn't touch Subway's marketing. He has the highest Q rating of all marketing personalities at the time. Uh, And I got categorized with him, uh, pizza versus subs, fad diet. So I desperately wanted to illustrate that it wasn't the case, that I could that I could show that pizza could be a legitimate meal source and a healthy food. So along that time, the flexible dieting came along, the, the, if it fits your macro tracking, all the, the science-based physical fitness trainers started to pump out a bunch of, of knowledge. And I aligned myself with some of the top brains in the industry, Dr. Lane Norton, who happened to go to high school where I did in Indiana, uh, Dr. Bill Campbell, some of these amazing people. And I created a 16-week pizza-only diet and became a professional bodybuilder at 41 years old. Then so cool. I was named GQ Magazine Elite Athlete of the Year 2016 with Usain Bolt and J.J. Watt. This is so, wow. So now what I've learned is it's more about nutrient timing, right? Not not taking in more than 10 grams of fat post-workout, uh, you know, keeping my body anabolic, consistency throughout the day, not going over my total caloric intake. And now at 46 years old, I'm preparing to do a celebrity boxing match on pay-per-view, I'm using my own principles to do the diet. And what I've incorporated is cold water therapy. Like, so if you've seen on Instagram, everybody doing ice plunges and yeah. cold plunges. Yeah. Like, it's the new viral thing. And athletes have used it for years and years. I've like, loved it forever. Ever. Yeah. Because it cuts out inflammation and joint pain and sure. inflammation. Now what we're finding out is that because of the cold water, it spikes dopamine, which is the control of the hormone of your brain that controls motivation. So when you have a goal, like I got a weight goal, I have a, a fitness goal, I have a journey I got to go on, that that internal drive, that internal fire, that's regulated by dopamine. So putting yourself voluntarily in cold water immersion is burning more calories, converting white fat to brown fat, makes you more thermogenic, and you get more disciplined, more focused on your goal. What? What's um? How does it change from the style of pizza? You got like Chicago styles, really thick. You got New the, York, really thin. Like how's the so what's the, the difference? cracker of St. Louis style pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like well, how does that change so, what you're what you're speaking on? So we just got done with the Super Bowl Monday, the day after Super Bowl, when everybody psychologically just gives up. They they give up their New Year's resolution. They they feel like they weren't disciplined. They weren't strong enough. They sure. they feel like they failed. They weren't getting the results that they thought they would. So. Uh, the, the point is, if you have a healthy emotional relationship with eating, you won't have those kind of fallbacks, right? So there is no such thing as a good or a bad food. Everything you consume has a fat, carb, protein, and fiber component known as a macronutrient. Sure. So it's just about balance and moderation. And if you go heavy at lunch because you have a, a luncheon and you, and you eat heavy and you, you know, compensate by the end of the day, just make sure when you go to bed at night that you're in a caloric uh, uh, a deficit of energy balance, right? From the texter, make sure you say this guy's name again. Matthew McClellan, the pizza diet guy, yeah. also knockout radio. So, Make a pizza man. Yeah, obviously resonating with friend of the show. Um, so all that explanation to say that Dion's is the best in the country. That's what I just heard. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, I, I, can't, I won't say it's not. <clears throat> I won't say it's not. But I do want to go back to giving myself my own nickname. Yeah. Right? Because we were with Henry Cejudo last week on Media Row. He's a dude. Yeah. He's the triple yep. C. Did right? Yep. Yep. And now he's going to be C4. He dubbed himself C4. Ooh. And he gave us the greatest answer of all answers. And we said, hey, you can't give yourself your own nickname. And he goes, my credentials did. Ooh. 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 
Mic drop. <laughs> That's it. So, greatest answer of all time, Hitter uh, Shahuda, shout out. So, uh, we were at this Lee Steinberg Super Bowl party, and they had these uh, race car emulators, simulators, like three-screen full immersion <laughs> things. Yeah. So, I drove in one, and then Triple C was behind me. He was going to drive Dex. So, I'd, uh, I had to move the seat all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> He's not real tall. <laughs> not, a, not a tall guy. You're headed over to Tingley right now. Yes. The Bare Knuckle event. I believe it's sold out. Is that right, boys? It should be. I mean, you know what? We pull into some cities, Wichita and Omaha, and people yeah. are like, oh, something going on? We didn't even know. Everyone here knows about yep. Bare Knuckle tonight, Tinsley Center. You'll see me representing Billboard Mats in the red corner. If your fan base want to come up and engage and take a photo and hang out or, or shake hands, I'll be available. Come through, say hello. Uh, it's going to be a great night, Albuquerque. Give us the predict on Diego Sanchez tonight. Uh, I think uh, Trout's too much for him. Former world champion boxer. I think he's just got too much movement, too too skilled. Give us the preview on John Dotson tonight. Uh, jo- Dotson wins, and I think that's. Uh, I think he shows how great he really is. And then the championship bout is Hunt and Richmond. Who you got? And I love the fact that I don't know. Yes. Oh, that's, that's, that means it's a great that, fight. That's what makes it amazing because I don't know. I don't know. I think Richmond is skilled, and I think he's got the power. And Lorenzo obviously has the power. Um, I I think it's whoever gets caught first. Look. Richmond has a handlebar mustache. He's a Marine. Oh, and, yeah, a, and, a, and a full metal jacket. He's yeah, a dude. bad dude. My dude. John Watson looks like what you draw a villain as as a child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's that guy. If you give a child Crayolas and you say, draw a villain. Oh, bad guy. That's you, the guy. You will draw You will draw him. <laughs> he is taking on uh, Greg Hardy Jr. He is making his debut in this. But I do want to say this. Uh, the more violent the sport, the more humble the human uh, in my experience with all the NHL players and all the pro football players and and fighters, it seems like the more violent the sport, the more uh, humble the human. So uh, take that with the you know, the the trajectory and the the looks and the images of what you see tonight. Uh, these people are great people behind the curtain, and and they're awesome in their communities as well. Matthew McClellan, knockoutradio.com, in town for the big fight tonight. Thank you for your pizza. Thank you for uh, bringing this energy to the program. And you can connect with me, pizza underscore industry underscore spokesman on Instagram. Follow along, see all the crazy stuff I'm up to. New friend of the show, Matt. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having much. me, guys. Yeah. yeah. Van, Go Albuquerque. Van, you're, uh, you're an Uber service now. We're out. Me and Robert will wrap up this program. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Fade away, fade away. That's the whole Last one of the week. I wanted to save this for the very end, Robert. Didn't want to warn you about it. I didn't know Van was going to be gone. I thought he would be here. Obviously, changed a little bit industry-wise. This is the... Uh, this is the first weekend without football, Robert. What oh. Are, what do you plan to do? Oh, man. Not watch TV. I know that much. <laughs> Seriously. That's the only time I watch television yeah. on the weekend. Seriously. Elimination Chambers t- tomorrow night. Oh, well, I'm, I'm watching that. Uh-huh. I don't consider that TV. Okay, yeah, good point. Yeah, that's not TV. But this is there's a lot of friends of the show right now, and that honeydew list is coming due oh, this weekend. Man. No rest, none. You know who I don't think rest a lot? Matthew McClellan, who just joined us. Oh no, he up and at it. A lot of energy. He texted us. He said touchdown. 
I'll be there in 10. We know how Sunport works. No, you won't. He was here in he 10. He was in like nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what Uber was waiting for you with pizza? He's like, not even. Knockout Radio has fans in Denver down for the fight. His people brought him. I'm convinced he was the one who flew the plane. Yeah, 100%. Oh, we won down? I got it. Duh. Oh, we, we, we low on fuel? Don't worry, I'm not. Vibes. Yep. I just called out vibes is the reason. <laughs> Lobos play this weekend. Got to get off the snide. I I feel. And they should. What you think? What time is tip off tonight? 830? Yep, 830. I feel. I'm going to feel bad saying it out loud. Oh, no. I'm going to skip this one. And it's not because I don't want to watch it. It's not because I don't care because I do. I do both of those things. Because I've been watching and we've been losing and I got a little superstition in me right now. I'm going to not watch. I'm going to let its own thing happen. And then afterwards, and here's the worst part, if they snap this little streak, I can never watch again. Okay. And I, oh, yeah. That's, that's how the rules go. That's the rules. Yeah. And I hate that. So I'm going with the Lobos at San Jose. San Jose's got a respectable record. What are they, 16 and 10? Yes. Give me the Lobos on the road because I still believe. But I'm not watching. You're not going to watch. I it. can't do it. This game is important because it, they got to start looking at the conference tournament seedings now. Like that's. To me, that's that should be the focal point because need that if, high seed. Yeah, if if it's if it ends the way that like if if it was to end right now, Lobos will be in that sixth seed. That's not good because they don't get a first round bye. They got to get to that fifth seed. Well, but they got to beat the team in front of them, they, who is at the fifth seed. Exactly. They got to get off this snide. They got to. Oh man. Well, because it's such a different energy. Because like the guys you brought in, Udezi, obviously, I'm talking about. They just only knew winning. They showed up when we won. Yeah. Like, you got to make that connection. You got to get through to it. Which, by the way, I believe can't happen. I believe will happen. This is where you find out if your your team has some dogs in them. Got to go through the bumps. This is definitely a big one. Yeah. If it's not this one. I don't know where I see the one. Oh, that's the bad part. If it's not this one, I'm telling you right now, on this microphone with these headsets. Oh, man. Because if it's not this one, Boise State ain't an easy one. We all know San Diego State's carrying a ranking right now. Yep. So it's got to be this one. And then you got to get the next one. And if you go over on San Diego State next Saturday, and I know we're projecting out past two games, but you get where I'm going with mm-hmm. this. Now you're back in the mix. And that's at home. 
and then Fresno State's at home the following Tuesday. Sheesh. That's why I, I mean buzzsaw. Yeah. Well, look at a five left. There's that, only five that, left. That's what I'm saying. We're at the this is the end of the of the road right here. And I said at the beginning of the year, thirty win team. Not super realistic. No. Twenty five win team, I thought, after two losses. I said, and that's real to me. I said that's the one. Yeah. They gotta they gotta take care of business. From the live chat, thought you all would be about the Micromania midget wrestling coming to New Mexico and Tucumcari and Clovis. First of all, didn't know about that. Well, yeah, they gotta they gotta brand that better. That's breaking news. <laughs> and yes, we are about that. I'm about all forms of entertainment. Do you remember earlier when Matt said all pizza lives matter? Yes. I was into that. I said they absolutely do. <laughs> Now, not all. I, ne- I never looked at pizza as okay. That's what I'm going to eat to get in shape or stay in shape. Oh, he said he worked a wrestling gimmick off of. It. Yeah, that's that's wild. What's your finishing move if you're a pizza themed? If you're a pizza gimmick pro wrestler, man, it's got to be something where you spin somebody like a slicer, like the pizza slice, like the pizza uh, cutter. It's a diamond cutter. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the pizza cutter. It's a stone-cold stunner, but it's the pizza cutter. I'm thinking about like a modified F5 where you spin the dude like you're spinning the... Oh, like dough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. And it, and it sets him up for the finisher, which is the leftovers. <laughs> that's when you just pin him from the left side of his body. A little, but then you can't you can't use the colors of when you think of pizza because that's Hulk Hogan colors, red and yellow, and brown. As the cheese is yellow, red pepperoni. That's when I. Those are the colors you have to wear. Those are kind of outlawed to everyone. No yeah, one wears you can't, those. Yeah, you can't. You know the schoolboy pen, the little roll up pen. You would call it the. Like the rolling pin. Oh. Uh, or the move could be called the special delivery. That's a good one. There it is. That's what it's called. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's called the special delivery. Domino drop. Ah, you can't use the domino. No. You, you cut out everybody else. <laughs> you got to keep it above ground. You actually come out dressed as the Noid. <laughs> I'm old because I know exactly what the Noid looks like. <laughs> I'm so old. I remember he was. He used to move like claymation. He used to move like the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer I cartoon. That, I thought that was his thing forever. The Noid. Avoid the Noid. I only really know about the Noid because I had this like hard rubber toy. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. It was like a dog's chew toy or something. <laughs> and then he have his arms like this, like he was like putting up two yeah. biceps. Yep. Yeah. And I would always play with them. I'd be like, after these messages, <laughs> we'll be right back. You perform anywhere this weekend? You got any shows? No, nothing until next week. I have to watch Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. I haven't. I have to watch Friday Night Smackdown it. tonight. Have, yeah, I have to watch that. Elimination Chamber tomorrow. Yes. I'm calling New Mexico Highlands softball this upcoming weekend. I'm very excited about that. Home opener at Brant Field. Girls are looking strong, too. 
They already got four wins on the season. They only had eight all of last season. Four wins out of how many games? Eight. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we sit in four and four. Okay. And they only had eight total last year. That's what I'm saying. That's great. And selfishly as a broadcaster, they're playing really good defense. They got good pitching. We're going to have tight games. They're going to be fast. That's what your boy wants. Good program this week. Really was. It really was. We we bounced back from Radio Row pretty nicely. Congratulations on Austin Eckler. That was great. You enjoyed that. That was great. Yeah, that was great. Final words, brother? No, man. Just uh, we will be here next week, Monday. Come check us out, as you always do. Not just here on 95.9 FM, 610 AM, the sports animal. Also on all the social media platforms. Ooh, I like that a lot. Spotify, Stitcher. Everywhere. iTunes, Facebook. Good job, everyone. GG. We out.